Facebook and all of its apps and third-party apps went down. We don't know exactly why. I mean, people are saying it has to do with DNS. All of a sudden, Facebook wasn't registering. People were posting images where you could apparently go to domain registry websites and type in Facebook.com, and they would say, you can buy this for $15. So something went down. And they're saying it may have something to do with something called the, uh, you know, BGP, pro, you know, something like that. It's the, you know, border something protocol. We'll read all about this. However, a lot of people think something else happened because this was a total shutdown of Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, Messenger, as well as log in with Facebook and all third party apps. And it was, it was happening for like six hours or longer. At the same time, we're getting another story that a massive hack hit Facebook leaving 1.5, what is it, 1.5 billion people's information now available for download. We don't know that they're related, but you do have these two big stories leading people to question what's going on with Facebook. And the funny thing is, when this news was happening, I'm like, my Instagram's not loading. Everyone I mentioned, mentioned this too, said the exact same thing. <laughs> well, I hope it doesn't come back. Yeah, everybody hates Facebook. But we got a bunch of other news too. We got New York City, largest healthcare provider, shut, uh, fired uh, like a thousand nurses, and the more important news, let me ask you a question. How many citations, violations do you think New York City has handed out since the start of their vaccine mandate? Just just think of a number. They got, what, 2.5 million people in Manhattan alone? You've got like 9 million in the metro? Come on. New York City, how many have they given out? 10. 10. You know what that means? They have no ability to enforce this. The only reason there's vaccine mandates in New York City is because regular people are willing to drop to their knees the moment their, their, their monarch tells them to. They're sovereign. And if regular people just said, I don't agree with this and won't do it, it wouldn't happen. But we have bigger news than that, my friends. First of all, Ariel Scarcella is joining us. You want to Hi again. Um, hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, you had me on your podcast last, last year, I think. We were, we were hanging out and... Yeah, you were one of the people that helped red pill me or purple pill me or whatever we want to call it purple. these days. Purple pills. Wake up. Eminem. Um, well, you were, uh, I guess you were worried about losing friends. and Yeah, I was I was very worried about, I lost about 50 friends. Friends. And yeah, they weren't you, friends. No, they weren't. You and Sydney Watson were the people that were like standing by my side. And I was like, you know what? This is the place to be right now. Because even if I don't agree with them on things, they're not going to unfriend me or unfollow me or try to F my business up. Yeah, you know, because so we'll, we'll, of my I, beliefs. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about all that, especially considering what's going on with like the massive divide getting worse. But the the big breaking story, ladies and gentlemen, the biggest <laughs> news: Luke Gridkowski has returned. Facebook and Instagram have been down for six six hours and fifteen minutes, and the mental spiritual well being of tweens and teenagers has <laughs> never been better. Yeah. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. This is Luke Gridkowski here of We Are Change.org. It's good to be back. I'm back here mainly for country and for duty. As, of course, we are in a very serious time right now, and I think we need everyone to step it up. We need everyone to be on the front lines. We need everyone to work overtime, and I'm here reporting for duty because I think we are literally at a precipice. We are at a watershed moment where we could go in two different paths. We could go down a Big Brother Orwellian establishment or overlord uh, slave world, or we could go to one where we still have the ideas of liberty, personal choice, and freedom. And I'm here making sure we go on the right path. Good to be back, and uh, thanks for having me. We I got just, Ian. I got to say, for real, for the first time I can say this and mean it, Rutkowski in the house-key. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back, sir. Great to have you here. And Ariel, you were like one of the first guests on IRL when they yes, started doing right. guests before I was on the show. I'm so glad to finally be on the show with you. Yeah. Hello. Great to see you again. <laughs> Good oh, to yeah. See didn't, you. We, didn't we like make a funny video? Like We titled it something funny. 
I don't remember. I just remember I was one of the first guests. Yeah. 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 Leftist YouTuber, Red Pilled. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the truth. I think for Jack Murphy, we said like rage quits yes. the Democratic Party. <laughs> I did. Yes. I yeah, said that. that. Yeah. That's good stuff. And we got Lydia pressing the buttons. Yeah. I'm in the corner pushing buttons. Happy to be with my pals, Ariel and Luke again. It's going to be a great night. I can tell already. And we have such huge news. I'm excited. So we were expecting the new studio to be done, hmm. and so I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear a new, I'm gonna wear new clothes. Mm-hmm. People listening, listening, don't realize I'm wearing something different. He is, and I'm wearing black sleeves and a black beanie, which like <laughs> I'm fading, phasing <laughs> into the background. <laughs> but uh, the new show, the walls are all like it's gonna be more uniform. How everyone's like, we 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 fully built out this thing. It was a long long project. That was a couple months, and uh, we had to steam clean, you know. Good to get the cat smell out. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. kind of an issue. You know, Ian one. Ian was like a, this cat monger, and he had just like cats. Every, oh, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. No, Bucko would. My head off. I th- well, I think the previous owners had animals, too, so we had yeah. to really go in there. So we had to steam clean it. We did like a hot thing. They had a wand, and they were like really getting it, and then they polished nice. the walls. So now they're now the studio's being built. So maybe tomorrow. Yes. We'll see. Don't forget to go to TimCast.com. Become a member because we have a new show. You can't actually see it, but over here on the left, there's a button. Tales from the Inverted World. It just went live, and we have one episode up. Is the truth out there? This is the mystery paranormal podcast show fully produced with sound effects. It is spooky stories, true crime, murders, ghosts, Bigfoot. And as a member, you will not only get access to TimCast IRL members videos, but we're actually going to be producing members content from Tales from the Inverted World, which is going to be hanging out with the investigative reporter, Shane Cashman, as well as other crazy characters like Ian, for instance, talking about conspiracy theories. Yeah. And you'll get an ad-free experience supporting all of the work we do. So now that, that we've said, now, now that I've said all of those things, let's actually talk about some news. We got this big story from Wired.com. Wired says why Facebook, why, why Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp all went down today. The problem relates to something called BGP routing, and it took down every part of Facebook's business. So they say around 11.40 a.m. Eastern time, the domain name system records became unreachable. Uh, Facebook's outage appears to be caused by DNS. However, that's just a symptom of the problem, says Troy Mersch, chief research officer of cyber threat intelligence company Bad Packets. The fundamental issue, uh, issue, he says, and other experts agree, is that Facebook has withdrawn the so-called border gateway protocol route that contains the IP addresses of its DNS name servers. If DNS is the Internet's phone book, BGP is its navigation system. It decides what route data takes as it travels the information superhighway. You can think of it like a game of telephone. But instead of people playing, it's smaller networks letting each other know how to reach them, says Angelique Medina, director of product marketing at the network monitoring firm Cisco, Thousand Eyes. They announce this route to their neighbor, and their neighbor will propagate it out to their peers. It's a lot of jargon, they say. Facebook has fallen off the internet's map. If you try to ping those IPs, the packets end up in a black hole. So why did this happen? Well, let me show you one other story real quick, because this is where I think the story actually becomes bigger. On the same day... At 4.27 p.m., Newsweek reports 1.5 billion Facebook users' personal information posted for sale after hack. Could these be related? I don't know. It, it seems like the DNS thing might have been an inside job. Well, whatever the official story is, I don't believe it. And I don't think we should uh, because <laughs> where we're getting all the information from. I mean, we got the New York Times reporting that this was unlikely a hack. We have RT saying that on hacker forums, there were discussions about this. But we're still waiting for a lot of this to still settle because it's still just broke. It was six hours, 15 minutes. And uh, it, we're getting reports from Bloomberg that Mark Zuckerberg lost $7 billion Whoa. and actually went down on the list of world's richest people significantly 
because of this. All, of course, as there's a major Facebook whistleblower and major mainstream media stories attacking them for not censoring enough information. I think, uh, even though I don't have any uh, evidence for this, I think that there might be something else up here uh, that's bigger that could be a sign or a signal against uh, Facebook to step in line. That's my just personal opinion, and I don't have any evidence to back that up. Is it kind of sad that Mark Zuckerberg losing $7 billion doesn't matter to him, probably? Mm. Why would it? Well, yeah. it, it is kind of like a slippery slope kind of thing, though, because if this happens for seven days straight, people are gone. Facebook's over. That would be awesome. Yeah, that, yeah, that would be really good. <laughs> I mean, I, I, last year when I was on the show, I kept talking about the destruction of mental health, especially with big tech social media. And even though this Facebook whistleblower is calling for uh, big government to intervene, she does highlight a big problem, and that's the mental health crisis that is created by big tech social media that knowingly is hurting people, knowingly is creating algorithms that promote self-harm, suicide, depression. We look at our, our mental health as a country. It has gone down dramatically, and it will continue to go down and it started to go down dramatically during the the major usage of social media Mm -hmm. so there's something to really talk about here we need a discussion and and i think the discussion should be led by is our life better without big tech social media yes and that's coming from people that do this for a living so we, we genuinely care about this YouTube's a little bit different from Facebook, but still has a lot of the similar similar problems. And so what they've done is they've tried eliminating what they view as fringe, and therein lies the problem. The, the internet space got so big and so wide so quickly that there was this huge different like world of content and opinions and personalities. And then all of a sudden, the people at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube were like, hey, we got re- to rein this in because this is getting crazy. And then they decided, we're centrists. We're good, rational people. Marx was right. Now let's ban anybody who disagrees. And that's when they started going after, like, moderates, conservatives, people who tweeted learn to code. Yeah, pretty much. I had four pages taken down by Facebook, and they weren't even that controversial. It was just about asking questions, and and, and a lot of people probably that we know about had their Facebook page taken down. I think you had yours affected as well. Uh, But we have to understand that, you know, Facebook is is a major company, and they have knowingly done psychological experiments trying to manipulate people's emotions through manipulating their newsfeed. So they've been doing this years ago, and I've been called a conspiracy theorist. Like, you're crazy. (laughs) You're insane if you think that they they can make you depressed with your news. I'm like, they were literally doing the test with major universities out in the open, publicly bragging about it. So to tell me that they're standing uh, idly by as we have this record amount of self-hurt. And, and again, you, you could go on and, and, and go on different tangents. I really want to talk about how self-harm and depression leads to more corporatism and more people filling the empty void by buying useless corporate crap and how this could be a kind of bigger conspiracy here. But I don't want to go off on too much tangents. But I, I, I think we all know someone that has been very negatively affected by social media, either by being censored or just being affected by what is being uh, thrown at them. I just want to pull up this fact check real quick because, you guys, Luke is completely correct. In the Atlantic reports, everything we know about Facebook's secret mood manipulation Mm. experiment, they say, for one week in 2012, data scientists skewed what almost 700,000 Facebook users saw when they logged into its service. Some people were shown content with a preponderance of happy and positive words. Some were shown content analyzed as sadder than average. And when the week was over, these manipulated users were more likely to post either especially positive or negative words themselves. These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. 
America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Facebook knows they're manipulating people. They know how to do it. But, but they were experimenting on people without them even knowing that they were being experimented on. So this is the level of data. So, so let's just say there is a hack. If there is a hack, all of your private information, Facebook and big tech knows when you literally take a dump. They literally know yeah. the, the, the second that you have the most intimate moments in your existence, and they exploit that for corporate benefit. There's people who don't know that they're pregnant that are literally getting pregnancy ads uh, because <laughs> Facebook knows that they're pregnant before they are. So this is the level of, of, of information that they have on but, you, the data sets that they have on you. So let's just say hypothetically, we, don't, we, we haven't had confirmations. We have some reporting that there might be some hacker leaks. If, if everyone's private information about when they take a dump, when they have – it comes out, I mean that's like well, some serious information. Information. I yes. wouldn't want people yes, yes, yes. to take it, a dog. But, but, but hold, hold on a minute. I want you to imagine the utopia of this future, right? Imagine this. I'm wearing the smartwatch, okay? And, uh, you know, I'm looking at it. And what if all of a sudden it just chimed and a little voice popped up and said, Hello, Timothy. It's time to poop. And I was ah. like, Hey, wait a minute. It is. It is. I yeah. didn't <laughs> know that. And then Facebook was able to tell me when I should go to the bathroom. Or, like, Facebook can track your cycle for you. Oh, how Everything. Nice. We don't, you don't, dude. Didn't they you, have? They you had don't an even have to think. They had an experiment years ago where people were in a, you know, the whole a holding space, whatever it was, and they told them that they had to wait a certain number of time for the experiment. But the experiment was actually the fact that they were waiting. Mm-hmm. And do you remember that? Is is there's a bunch like that? Yeah, yeah. And it, it, the, the clock actually moved like two times faster than it normally would, <laughs> or something. Whoa. And do you remember this? And, no. and at, at one o'clock, everyone it was really like eleven, but people were hungry because they thought it was one o'clock. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a real thing. And bra- I mean, brain manipulation. The brain is is so ridiculously ridiculously so, so, powerful. So hold on, you know, Luke, you're mentioning that Instagram and face, uh, Facebook make young women go insane, right? You you know about the stuff, right? Um, I could tell you from a cultural perspective, from the dating field, from what, the, what's from going just, on in oh the dating world. Yeah, just <laughs> cultural. Like my, my target audience is is young women, right? Like young women and LGBT people that are sane. Thank God. But the majority of people that have mental health problems are young women mm. in general. So I think social media is is going to affect them more than anybody when, else. When you break down social media, too, you got to kind of yeah. define it because there's video chat where two people are talking and it's being recorded. That's kind of cool. Then you have videos where it's one person talking. That's a little more psychotic. Then you have text, which is incredibly – to think that you're communicating with someone by reading etchings on a wall that they put there is to me is insanity and drives exactly. people insane. So, so here's an example. I tweeted, I tweeted today. People who claim to oppose vaccine mandates but then get vaccinated because they're scared of losing their job and money aren't actually opposing the mandates. And there's two ways you can interpret this. One is I'm saying they don't have negative feelings towards the mandates or the other is they are not actively blocking it. Right. So my point was, if I said I'm going to stop this bottle of water from hitting the floor and then I threw it on the floor. I'm doing the opposite of what I said I was going to do. I'm not actually trying to stop it from hitting the floor, but because it's text. 
this very short tweet. The context wasn't there. And so half the people think I'm, I, I'm saying quite literally that they don't actually dislike the mandates, right? I posted, um, I retweeted Boy and Slat's uh, ocean cleanup project. They're pulling trash out of the Pacific garbage patch. And it was basically, he was like, we're one sixty thousandth of the way there. We're, we've almost got all the trash, kind of wink, wink. But for real, one sixty thousandth of the way there, 70 years off. And someone just, other people were seeing it. And the context to them was, we're doomed. Look at all that right. trash. We're doomed. Yeah. And it's- Bo- Boylan Slot is actually a Bilderberg member. I confronted him at Bilderberg <laughs> and did an interview with him uh, on my channel. Very fascinating young man. Uh, but but just to get to the larger topic here, you know, our perceptions are shaped by literal tech overlords that decide how we feel. And when you control how you, someone could feel, when you when you control what information they see, and what they did was really dastardly because they took raw, independent information. They took journalists that were actually doing good work, censored them first. Then they went after all the little troubled some people and the troubled some political personalities. But they went after political people first that were a part of the culture. Uh, so we have to make that clear over uh, people who hurt children. Uh, we can't even say that word here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, a, a large number of people abusing that platform in, in very specific, horrible ways. But they went after culture. And when we look at people who are consuming the news feed, especially the violent content that they see, whether it's police officers beating someone up or BLM beating someone up or Antifa beating someone up, that has such a larger psychological effect that we really, truly need to discuss this because the ramifications are affected, are felt here. And and when you have sinister multinational corporations, especially Facebook with their connections with intelligence agencies at the helm, plug in buttons saying we could control and manipulate society this way or this way and make them feel this way, this way. That's godlike power and godlike authority that needs to be put in check immediately. I'm just sitting here as like Luke's doing this like huge anti-Facebook rant and Ian's eyes are getting wider and wider. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? I mean, but but, but yeah. look, look, look. One of the important things, it's like we'll pull it back a little bit. Is that young women on Instagram are being fed this fake reality with filters, with just Photoshop, and then they're trying, they're, they're like, it's, it's like an escalation every day of trying to look more and more like some kind of cartoon character. And because they can't, they're getting depressed. There was a story I read about this young girl who was like, she posted a photo on Instagram and then looked at her watch and tracked how many likes she got in the first minute. And when she was down, she deleted it right away. Like, oh, no, that was bad. What did I do? Oh, geez, I'm not getting enough likes. That Facebook knows they're driving this into people's minds and making them go insane. Have you? So you said you're, Ariel, that the majority of your audience is young women. Have you noticed, do you, in communication with them, like a change in their personalities over the last several years? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. I used to, I used to make videos for young women and they used to love my channel and now because I'm not um, claiming that I'm oppressed and depressed and all these things you know and, I, and I'm not one with them anymore I'm you know then they wound up starting to hate me it was, it was a shame and I've seen more people become more mentally ill in my opinion than ever before well, well, the algorithm doesn't feed into that, but also people don't relate to that because of the kind of images that they have. But there's a lot of uh, articles that I just kind of pulled up here. One of them is titled Toxic Filters That Warp Reality and Make Young Girls Hate Their Bodies. There's another article, 90% of women report using a filter on their photos. So so there's a lot of things underlyingly happening here um, that, that do deserve a bigger conversation. These are like two different things, really. It's like you have that at the same time. You know, you, you have young women trying to Photoshop themselves, and at the same time, you have the weird Gen Z, I don't know if it's Gen Z or whatever, woke crowd on YouTube. So I, I'm curious, though, you mentioned that your audience used to be like, have you lost audience when, oh, so, so let's slow down. 
you were like, uh, you know, an LGBT YouTube channel or whatever, and then you just didn't agree with a lot of the weird woke stuff. Did you see a loss in viewership? How did this change happen where all of a sudden people who are like slowly becoming woke and like, how did you realize it? Oh, my God. I, I've realized it since I would say 2015. Mm-hmm. That's when it really, really started hitting, hitting the, I would say the back end of the LGBT community. Um, it started becoming public for like the heteros out there. Um, around, so like around 2018 when, when, uh, unfortunately when like the trans, the trans community, um, started coming around. And you, if you really look into the trans community, it's mostly young f- people that are born female yep. that are young. Exactly. And it's, and it's mostly, in my opinion, women, young women that are either depressed or they have mental health issues or they have eating disorders and they hate their bodies or they feel like they, uh, they, they believe that they're oppressed and they don't want to be a woman. So they identify as everything else in between or whatever. And it's, it's a, it's a real shame because I've always been a promoter and believer of, of strong women. Like I want to make women stronger because I believe that we are strong. What, what, what's their objection to you all of a sudden? Because I wasn't, I wasn't going along with what they believed anymore. I was, I, I, I'm like, no, we, we, we have to continuously push. We have to push our push our boundaries. We have to push ourselves, and they just they didn't want to hear it anymore. And they and because I wasn't going along with it, they felt like I turned on them. And I said, no, I'm promoting the same things I've always promoted: yep. actual it- body positivity, actual empowerment, none of this woke BS stuff. We had we had someone super chat us a couple weeks ago saying like you guys are radicalized and like he, so he was like I'm a leftist and you guys are radicalized and it's like. How is it radical to be status quo? You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying status quo is a good thing. Like, it's it's kind of a self-deprecation here. Like, we are rather like regular liberal. You know, yeah. like typ- and- typical most most Americans are like we like we are at the moment. I'll, I'll put it this way: I think you and I probably have very similar politics, very. like center left leaning. Yes. You know, urban liberal. Mm-hmm. Luke's more libertarian. You know? I don't know what I am. I, I believe in freedom <laughs> and not believing the government. That's, and personal responsibility. I would, say, responsibility. I I would say technically that's probably like libertarian right now. I, I think the political about, compass. Yeah. I'm like don't label like me. economically left leaning libertarian. I'm like in the middle of that bottom left square. Oh, there you according go. According to the one test, and I asked my people on Twitter, my people, what's up, to uh, take the test. Let me know. Every one of them was a libertarian. No authoritarians. Right. So it makes me think this whole left right thing's kind of bull. But it's more about are up you an down. authoritarian or are you not? Yes. Are you up wing or down wing? Or, or li- yeah, yes. down wing is good wing. No, I, I agree with that. I think they started they started wanting to control how I thought, who I was hanging out with, what I was allowed to say. And I was like, absolutely effing not. Like, I'm not doing that. And I started going against the grain, but I've always gone against the grain. Nothing new here. Isn't that weird? It's just weird? that they started going, like, what would they say? There was that meme, like, the old left, don't tell me what to do, and the new left, listen to what they tell you. Well, it's, it's, and uh, it's like, it's that's rage, really what happened. Rage against the machine. Yeah. F you, I won't do what you tell me. And now it's F you, you better do what we tell you. And what about Green Day? Ugh. Don't want to be an American idiot. That Remember that sad. song? Yeah. yeah. That was right S- after one 9-11. One nation controlled by the media. Yeah. Yep. It's <laughs> like they knew this back then, these people. And people it's, are still falling for it. It's funny because, like, there was a point where, I guess, you know, you're doing LGBT content. It's controversial, at, you know, going back. Now it's dominant mainstream. And if you don't adhere to it. And I don't mean just LGBT stuff. I mean like social justice in general is no longer counterculture. It is establishment fall in line or else. Right. And I wouldn't have that. I'm not doing it. Like back then, you know, conservatives at that point, 
2011 when I, I first started making content on YouTube in 2009. I'm like the OG lesbian. Conservatives back then, like a lot of conservatives, weren't really pro necessarily pro-gay marriage, right? Or pro-gay rights. I think they still mostly oppose it. Well, not like, well, we're like new age conservatives, like all us. Like these types of people that are in the room. I don't think you're a conservative. No, I'm a libertarian, I think probably. Like, yeah, yeah. But like I lean conservative on certain issues, so I say, eh, whatever. But like back then, you know, I felt like I had to side with Democrats because those at the time were the only people that were promoting gay rights and gay marriage. And that makes sense. And now it's like, okay, we have those rights. They don't own me anymore. Like, there are other people that are fighting for us that I might agree with more. Like, Trump, I agreed with a lot of his policies. My voice is getting high when I, <laughs> <laughs> when I, when I agree with something I'm saying. I don't know. I mean, look how yes. – look. have you seen all the chants of F. Joe Biden sweeping across the country? Yes. And somebody was like, something, go Brandon. Yeah, Did you yeah let's go, go Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. What the hell? Amazing. I was like <laughs> – It was like the media summed up in eight seconds or something. Mm-hmm. Somebody tweeted I, that. I don't believe these polls. I, I don't at all. The polls, like the polls, were so dramatically wrong in 2020. So the, the presidential election stuff, a lot of people, I don't, I don't think, were able to predict accurately. Some people were, but the Congress was really a shock. It was a red wave. It wasn't as big as Republicans needed, but like Miami, Miami going Republican. Wow, can't say I'm surprised. That, that doesn't Pe- surprise me at people all. People fleeing Cuba, yeah, you know, uh, or, and family and friends, and then Southern Texas. So a lot of that, that surprised a lot of people. But now we see these polls where they're like Democrats. You know what? I'll tell you this. I look at these aggregate polls and they say, Joe Biden, independents hate him. It's like his, his disapproval among independents, like 65%. Independents are where regular Americans are because Democrats overwhelmingly just like Democrats. Republicans overwhelmingly don't like Democrats. Republicans actually don't like the Republican party. It's kind of hilarious. And then independent voters are like, I don't know. But all of a sudden you're getting people at football games screaming F Joe Biden. Hmm. It's not I, I, NASCAR. I kind of get okay. Yeah, the NASCAR <laughs> people are screaming football games. That's a big deal because it's college. It's college it's not football just games. College, but it's a, a lot of them too. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of but if you I travel a lot. Every single college town is liberal. Every single one. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, so you that's know, very surprising to me. Cities in general are liberal. Yes, yes. So weird. Biden's a bad leader. Terrible. Terrible. Bad, bad, Terrible. That, 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 is, that is unfair, Ian. Uh, I, bad <laughs> does not encompass how horrible. Yeah. True, I wasn't effective enough. He, his surrender in Afghanistan is just obliteratively uh, in, in, indes- indescri- indestructible. I don't know what the right word is, but it's just indescribable, incomprehensible. It's dangerous. Yeah. If we, someone posted that, if we get it, if Eric Weinstein, I think, said that it, it looks like now if there actually was an attack on us, that it's so disorganized and people have such little faith in, in leadership that we wouldn't even be able to mobilize an army. Well, I, I think there's definitely concerted efforts to destroy America because America still stands for the ideas of personal liberty, freedoms, uh, the First Amendment, the Second Amendment. You don't see that anywhere else in the world. And for a lot of multinational corporations to kind of fully rule, a lot of you know powerful people that want to have total control like they have in China, they need to destroy this idea. And I, that's why I think culturally this has, there has been such a push, especially with the young children, not to be patriotic, not to stand up for the country. There's also something to say about not being too nationalistic. I mean, I understand both arguments here. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. 
With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com slash carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. But kind of segueing back to what we were just talking about, I do believe that the destruction of people's confidence and happiness has been deliberate. I do believe it could even be a part of fourth generational warfare, something that, of course, former KGB agent Yuri Bezdenov warned, warned about. I think all those warnings that, that Yuri Bezdenov, when he was interviewed by G. Edward Griffin, uh, if you haven't see, saw that video yet, I definitely recommend you do because he nails it to the T, exactly what's happening right now, the destruction of happiness, the destruction of culture, the destruction from within and a moral loss that is happening within this country and i and i think it's done deliberately because when you take down america you take down its ideas you take down any kind of resistance towards full censorship full control full enslavement of humanity let's wrap these ideas together ariel you make you know lgbt videos something that around the world is extremely controversial and, and a lot of countries literally execute people for this stuff it's horrifying yes in america there's a country that gives you the freedom of speech and the the neutrality of law enforcement. Not perfectly, mind you, but in many respects, no one's allowed to go to your house and break break it down and attack you and beat you and, and do any, cause any harm because you're expressing those opinions as much as a lot of people don't like them. And then through efforts of activists like you in America, you've proven America works. That's yes. You, you've, you've had tremendous victories. You mentioned just earlier where it's like, hey, we, you know, we, we got a lot of what we wanted. I, I don't I'm not owned by you anymore. But see. You know what it is? They thought they were going to use that, 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 that characteristic about you to then say, let's destroy America. It's like, what do you mean? Like the country is, did really well in granting expansive civil rights to different various groups. Why would I be upset with the country? I'm happy with the country. Yeah, they want you I, to tear it down. Oh, yeah. Look what happened with, with, um, with you know, the whole Israel versus the Middle East. It's like most of these you know, social justice you know, leftists are fighting for, you know, they're more on the, on the side of Palestine. Yeah. And it's yeah. bizarre. Like, I've never, and they, they, in the Middle East countries, it's the worst place to be as a gay person. It's the, it's, it's it, bizarre. Like, I don't understand why. Israel's a secular democracy. Yeah. Yep. In, 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 a the, in a theistic, fascistic region. Yep. And a lot of things to criticize them for. But it's, it really is funny when you see, like, you know, Ilhan Omar say like we we must sanction Israel and then then all of a sudden they're like hey we're going to sanction Turkey no 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 not Turkey yeah cuz it's not about principle no it's not about easily quantifiable this is right or this is wrong it's about i want power and i want my side to win and i'll use whatever it ta- whatever yep. i can do to get chess it. pieces yeah 100% and it's obvious it's like i think more lgbt people are waking up more than ever before i think i've red pilled whatever you want to call it <laughs> whatever you want to call it i don't read as in conservative but red pilled as in like wake up for real like this is what's actually happening I think people like me and Rob Smith and my friend David Brokeback Patriot, like we are out Blair White, you know, we're outspoken yeah. LGBT people. And I think if it wasn't for people like us, just like in the beginning with me, like when I first started making videos, we did not have gay marriage in this country. Isn't that mm. crazy to think about? Wow. I started making videos in 2009. We didn't have gay marriage until t- 2012 in New York. So I, I was in, in some ways on the forefront, you know, of, of some gay rights. 
Nice. You know, and I and I have people that I've worked with. This guy um, that lives in Vermont, who was actually in the Stonewall riots. Like that's true activism, not what's happening now. This this unpatriotic movement and hating America, and it's like you, yeah, go ahead, go go and be gay in another country. See what happens. What are the Stonewall riots? The Stonewall riots. Um, technically, the first riot, believe it or not, was actually in Philadelphia. Interesting mm-hmm. fact. Um, but the first official like parade was in New York City in 1969, June, I believe June 28th, 1969. And it was the the fight against the police because the police were messing with the gays in the in the village mainly and they had a parade for gay rights. And that's that's kind of the when the movement started. And it turned into a riot. It turned into a riot. It was originally like a, a like a not a parade but a um, a march, I guess. Isn't, isn't and then it, it, it became a riot, yeah. Isn't it the weirdest thing that, you know, when you talk about freedom, freedom itself has become right wing. Yes. Which is bizarre. To think yeah, that. it's that authoritarian versus libertarian thing on the scale. It's very weird that there's but, this authoritarian thorn in the side. But it's but it's a dogma. It's a cult. It's yeah. not just authoritarianism. It's it's the cult because even you know even someone who's on the left, literally like Jimmy Dore, man, this guy comes out ragging on the establishment. He's like, we need universal health care, and you know all these very left policies, and they call him alt right, and they call him right wing. And it's because he opposes the establishment, because he says freedom. So it really does show you that it, it very much is liberty versus authority. When someone as left as Jimmy Dore is considered like a grifter, right wing, whatever. And it's like, I don't know, it's just crazy. Glenn Greenwald, Matt Taibbi, Mike Tracy, these journalists are all called right wing and they're clearly liberals. Mm-hmm. Russell Brand, Russell Brand was, <laughs> yeah. was, was, yeah, was, was uh, linked to be alt-right recently because he started to actually talk about the science and logically go through things and explain things better than almost any other politician and journalist in this country ever did. So. You, you, you've got subpoenas now, I think, with, uh, uh, with the Durham report. You've got people now saying like, oh, like Durham's actually investigating. And so Russell Brand sees an article where it's like, you know, new evidence emerges in, in, in Durham probe. And then Russell Brand comes out and he's like, look at this evidence. It's amazing. Clinton was actually involved. And they're like, he's a crackpot conspiracy theorist now. It's like, dude, just read a newspaper. That's how insane it's. So it's, it's also a cult, right? One nation controlled by the media. Isn't that something incredible? Now Green Day is just basically what? Establishment shills? Yo, it was, you know, you know what really tripped me out? It was almost like, I felt like I was looking into another, another dimension when I saw Penn Jillette with Gavin Newsom. Right. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how does libertarian female pleasure jacuzzi magician guy <laughs> stand next to this dude who's an authoritarian ruling by edict who doesn't follow his own rules? And like, what what happened to people? What? And, and he's a health nut, right? Penn Jillette? I mean, he used to be overweight and he lost a bunch he of got, weight. He got healthy. Maybe he's got some sort of... And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Penn. he sold his soul to the devil. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Something, yeah. Make me skinny and more famous. Go to kiss up to Gassim Newsom's butt. Okay, Gassim. I will. Whatever his name is, he's, uh, he's filled with a lot of... <laughs> Let's call him Gassim. To say the least. This is the double speak from 1984 where they tell you the Ministry of Peace is the one who declares all the wars. And they're, they're, it's really work. You can see it working on some people. Yeah. I mean, my, my family fled with me from communism. We came to the United States because it represented an idea of freedom where the government won't centralize control of everything, where it allows people to earn money. It allows people to have their own businesses. It allows people to have their own space as long as they're not hurting anyone else. It allows people to say and do whatever they want without a state threatening to send them to the gulags. And now, sadly, that state is slowly reverting back to what me and my family fled 
from communist uh, Poland, and uh, I think it's only going to get worse. From so the nature of centralization of authority, I think. Exactly. But let's 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 uh, let's bring it back to earth for people. I want you all to see this story from the from the New York Daily News, and I want to make sure we give you all the nuance and understanding it. Just ten violations so far under New York City's vaccine mandate for businesses. Ten. Ten. It's the, the golden the golden chalice at the end of the rainbow. Now you could say. It's because everyone fell in line immediately, so there's nothing to enforce. I don't think that's true. Let me read a little bit more to give you the full nuance, and then we will provide you with witness testimony backing up what I'm saying. Now, it's not just 10 violations. They also say there were 21,000 inspections, so they are actually trying to enforce this. 21,000? Yeah, inspections. 5,800 warnings were administered for issues related to the vaccine mandate, including failure to post written policy on premises. But failure to post policy is not the same as actually issuing a violation to somebody because they didn't do it. 10 means they either are unwilling to or incapable of enforcing this. Now, let me ask someone who is uh, lives in New York. Well, you don't live in New York, but you are frequent to New York very often. Yes. Yes. Have uh, Tell me what's going on. Are, I, I mean... <laughs> I go there. I go there for weeks at a time, and honestly, I haven't seen any business promoting these mandates. That's awesome. To hear. I really haven't. But I live in you know, like when I when I go there, I, I stay in old school Brooklyn, and I've never. I, if anything, I've seen people with signs that say you know, the whole you know we don't discriminate with say sex, race, um, gender, uh, sexual orientation, or and then it says on the bottom. Or vaccination status. Like I've seen more people putting up those. There was a there was an activist I retweeted. Forgive me, I forgot your name, but um, he he put up uh, these flyers. He was handing them out to oh, businesses, yeah. and businesses were like, "Yes, yes, we'll do this." And it started that that image started with one like deli. I think it was on the Upper West Side of New York. This is Manhattan, and then an activist went around handing them out. And now, so you're saying you see more of those than the other signs? I do, I do. I see more of that. I I think that New Yorkers are slowly waking up. I mean, finally got rid of Cuomo. <laughs> The person that's coming at, coming after him isn't much better. Uh-huh. Probably, probably she's probably worse actually. But at least they're waking up to some of, you know, of the of the the authoritarian, yeah. you know, you know, socialist, communist, but everything. They're he- waking up to it. Hearing this story that only there's only been ten violations, hearing what you say, having been there, and then hearing that people across the country are chanting "F Joe Biden." I've never been more optimistic. The, uh, the premier of New South Wales resigned, obviously, for supposedly unrelated, not to COVID. But sh- when she resigned, you see eruptions of cheering in these bars and places where people are watching. They The, the yeah. public support for her is nil. Well, right? there's also massive protests all over the world oh, yeah. from Italy to France to the United Kingdom to Sweden to Ireland, all parts of the United States, even protests in New York City, where there's even some reports of BLM literally marching with Trump supporters. Uh, <laughs> and I saw photos of this, and this is an incredible moment. This is really a, 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 a unifying moment. And, and we have to understand this. I, I still want to go to the backdrop of the last story we talked about because social media uh, and 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 you know the, the big corporations, the big monopolies out there shape our reality. They don't want to show us that there's a lot of resistance to this. They don't want to show us that there's a lot of protest to this. There's a reason the Melbourne police in Australia are trying to block all helicopter footage of inside of that city so they can't show the masses of people that have assembled coming together to <laughs> literally stand up against the utter evis- evisceration of total freedom and liberty in that country. So there is a movement happening. There is a wave. There is an 
energy, and and it, it's it could go either way. It could go towards a positive way or, or, or a negative way. It could go total enslavement. It could it, anything could happen at any moment. But but this is go time. This is again one of the reasons why I'm here right now because I see it, I I, I know it, and this is this is the cornerstone moment right now. Here, here. Luke, Luke calls yeah. me up and he's like, Tim, haven't been on the show in a minute, and I was like, I know. And he's like, but it's got to that point. And I was like, I know. <laughs> and he's like, I'll be there. Was that the call? <laughs> yeah. Nice. I want to go. Then, no, no, sorry. No, and then Luke just slams into drive, and he and here. There you go. I, I was going to say, so, talking about the cults going back and social media controlling everything. I, I actually have a video coming up about how, if you just look at the psychology of a cult, it's it's fairly obvious how they're doing this with young women. Again, my my videos yep. focus on women most of the time. There's there's five things that cults focus on. One of them is, or rather, the people that they go after. Those who want to feel validated, young women. Those seeking an identity, young women. Mm-hmm. Those who are more followers, not leaders, unfortunately, young women. Yeah. Which is why I continuously aim to empower women. Um, those who constantly blame others is not necessarily young women, but it's young people. Yeah. And people and leftists. people and leftists. Yeah. People who are, people who have very low self worth and people who are very angry. Yeah. Are very easily influenced and become uh, are the most likely people to be in involved in cults. Yeah. If they can make you hate yourself, they could yep. they could change your perception about how yep. you see yourself. They could change your perception about how you see the world. Yep. And that's another gross power that they have been leveraging, that they have been pushing, that they have been manipulating. There's a reason. Again, big tech, social media, YouTube, even Twitter, Facebook. Who who was their first targets? cultural figures people independent journalists people that were providing information people that were going against the agenda meanwhile there was isis on the platform there was taliban on the platform there was people that were hurting children on the platform there's people that were exploiting children that's not for our safety and then and now they have the gall to to tell you we need to fight medical disinformation for your health and safety you're the one causing people to be depressed you're the one causing people to uh, commit suicide you're the one causing people to hurt each other you're the one literally causing havoc and pain on the rest of the world you have this at your fingertips you knowingly are doing this and you're telling me I can't even question the, the medical establishment? I can't even question Pfizer that has a criminal past? I, I, I don't want to get this show in trouble. I got a lot more to say. And you know, I wanna, we can rank on later. Pfizer all day and night. I, I want to clarify. Trash. You say yeah. that they're causing it, and the argument they're going to give you is we're not causing it. Other people are doing it, and we're just, we're just a platform. Then why that's do they manipulate wait, the timeline? Well, let me explain. Yeah. If you go in the middle of the street and you sit down and block traffic, you're not doing anything. You're just sitting there. But you're actually doing something passively by blocking traffic. So yeah. them not solving it is them doing it. It's not just that. They carefully curate what you see. They make sure your perception is shaped by what they want you to see. Voices that they don't like, that go against their agenda, that go against their narrative, they get censored. They get shadow banned. They get demonetized. Their infrastructure, their businesses, their their way of living literally gets taken away from them. Let me let me let me just yeah. let me just throw some out there. So uh, we've got right now watching forty one thousand six hundred and five people. And last week when we had on the founder from Library, a competitor to YouTube, boy were our views down, and yeah. people were complaining they couldn't find the podcast. So when you have a store, a, a title on a video that says like Facebook was taken down, which is the title of this, featuring YouTuber and YouTuber, fa- YouTube's like this is fine. There's no red flags here. When you have an episode where you have the name. Of the founder of Library, a Libertarian New Hampshire Free State Project guy, all of a sudden we're just we just no one's getting notified that we went live, and you see how it's played. They don't. You got to be careful, right? So so most of you have heard this from me before, but for those who haven't, eBay 
This is the eBay story. I know. Bear with me, guys, for those who haven't heard it. You, have you ever heard the eBay story? No. So when eBay started, it was yellow. This is like, maybe, maybe this story is apocryphal, but uh, it was yellow. And then one day they said, we're going to make it white. But then all of a sudden, all of their users revolted. And they were like, oh, it's awful. It's too bright. I don't like it. Make it yellow again. So they changed it back. But then every day over the next year, they, they, sh- they shifted it one shade towards white. Then within a year, it was a white website and no one cared. Facebook noticed the same thing. And remember in the early days, Facebook would roll out this update and everyone would go, oh, everything's all different. I don't like it. So they started updating only one thing at a time for different groups of people so that people would be like, hey, did you notice this change? No. Okay, whatever, I guess. To stop the shock. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they're doing with censorship, especially on yep. YouTube and other platforms. So, you know, I'll, we'll, we'll try to use it to the best of our abilities before that happens. But they don't outright ban people who are having conversations within the rules. They just make sure certain conversations can't be heard. They'll, they'll, they'll downrank conversations that may threaten YouTube. And they'll ignore things that they think has no relevance towards it at all. Alex Jones, of course, gets completely nuked off the platform for what, like, you know, year old comments or whatever. He gets sued for decade old comments or whatever. They really go after you if, they, if, if, if you're really actually threatening the machine. And Alex Jones was influential. He does say a lot of kooky, crazy things. He does say a lot of crazy things that turn to be right. But he was influential in helping Trump get support. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, no one has anything to right, say. Yeah. Everybody agrees with it. I'm no. looking at Luke. No, I'm yeah, looking I'm at thinking Luke about too. the slow boil tactic. <laughs> That's what I was going to say about the frogs. The gay frogs? No, the not the gay frogs. frogs. <laughs> I was thinking the same. I was going to say the same thing. If you, if you, a frog will jump out of the pot if you put it in boiling water, but if you leave it in, it'll cook itself. Mm-hmm. If you boil it slow, if you do it slowly, it'll cook itself to death. I was thinking the same thing when he said that. Someone, and, someone, and, su- yeah. Someone super chatted us saying that wasn't true. I don't know, but it's still but it's, it's still a good say. It's still yeah. a good concept, even if it's not true. We've got because like, it makes sense. We have yeah. people in the super chat who are like the comic book guy from The Simpsons. Actually, Tim, <laughs> uh, the, the thing about the frogs isn't true, and uh, and we accept those corrections. Thank you very much, good audience. There's I, also oh, I think this blacklist, this social blacklisting. I'm still interested in what you're about to say. There is is de- is devastating, and that the, they can do it in private is really unethical. Oh yeah, dude! People's private DMs, private messages that you could like. You, I could text you on Facebook about like a medication that's on, on some blacklist word, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, we're going to downrank Crossland stuff from now on." So we're going to make him see a tenth of the people, tenth of his followers will now see it instead. But I don't know what happened. That's that's ma- madly unethical. I know they're a private company, but I also know they have 1.8 billion users per day, so it's kind of a, a common public company as well. Well, we we know what they're censoring, but let's talk about what they're promoting. They're promoting mainstream media trash. They're promoting a lot of garbage. They're promoting a lot of fake news. They're promoting a lot of disinformation that has been knowingly corrected, that knowingly was brought out in, in false pretenses, that knowingly misled the general public, that knowingly led to, to harm in many instances. I mean, uh, CNN, uh, there's even arguments to make against Fox News, MSNBC. All the major big channels ran with fake news that had major implications on people's lives and existences, and they never felt the ramifications of it. I sneezed the other way, and I have to look out to make sure my video doesn't get uh, uh, rated for as an adult content uh, and age-restricted because I showed a video of a police officer being too close to another person and scaring them. And I'm like, this is absolutely absurd. They play by a different set of rules, and they want to make sure that you only are able to listen to the narrative. You're only able to listen to uh, Anderson Cooper 
and whatever other celebritar do they have for you that they push in front of you that is willing to regurgitate their talking points and do whatever uh, for a paycheck. And, and that's exactly what we see. I, I, I was, was going to say, I'm living proof of that. I think that I've been making the same type of content for 10 years on YouTube. Sexually, as sexually explicit as it gets. You know what I mean? Talking about sex, talking about relationships, reviewing sex toys and stuff. I never once got demonetized by YouTube until I came out as leaning more conservative on huh. certain issues. Not once. When did it happen? Last, right after I came out. Right after I came out as... I didn't even come out as conservative. I, I came out as leaving the left. That's all that I said. I'm no longer a part of these people. I do not want to be involved with them. I think they're a cult. I said that kind of stuff. Tim actually helped me write the script for that. Thank you, Tim. And Sydney. Um... I, I don't I, I said I don't want to be a part of these people's you know narrative anymore I don't agree with mostly anything they say and I got demonetized a month after that and wow. then and then I was monetized for like three months and then I got demonetized again and then I got demonetized again and for sexually explicit content my videos got less sexually explicit over the years so how does that make any sense let me pull this article this this article absolutely blew my mind it's from Neiman Lab which is like a journalist you know college organization. How a conservative comic became the most popular late night host on TV. Gutfeld. Mm. Fox News. The most popular late night host. The funny thing about this is that they're very clearly leftists who are trapped in a cult where they lack the ability to see outside of their bubble. And they view Greg Gutfeld's success as an aberration on their system completely oblivious to the fact that I believe it was Jimmy Kimmel who did blackface. When is, how, that has not, never come up. They talk about Gutfeld doing edgy jokes and conservative comedy that the left would find offensive, but the right doesn't care. Uh, yeah, they all used to do that. It's the craziest thing, right? Gutfeld, you, you know, what I, here's how I imagine Greg Gutfeld and Fox News's, you know, pitch for the show went down before they decided to launch it. Gutfeld walks into the office and they go like, hey, remember when late night comedy was funny? Yes, I do. OK, here, there's the show. Uh, we'll air at eight. Go for it. That's it. They 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 were like, we're going to do normal comedy like comedy used to be before it was woke. Do normal things Americans like. But late night comedy on the left is just like vaccine. I mean, <laughs> Did you see the, the, the syringe thing with Colbert? Cannot, what? Who watches oh that? God. And they're like, I relate to that. I I was embarrassed. Yeah. Well, it's, like, it's, real quick, it's like, remember those cartoons you'd watch when you were a kid about like, you must brush your teeth. Yes, I knew you were going to say that. Make like in Greece, in Greece, in Greece, when they show it like in the 1960s on the on the drive-in <laughs> theater, it's like, da, 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 da. that's right. what it yes. reminded me of. You know what I'm talking about? I'm just that's, like, that's what it is. But like adults are watching this. Yo, Mike, I think it was Mike Cernovich who tweeted that boomers are like the first generation that hadn't moved past adolescence. And I'll tell you this. This next generation that's watching Colbert as he does these things, they're like permanent children, like toddlers. I I have disliked Colbert's art for 15 years. I made a YouTube video in 2006, which I'm sure you can find on my YouTube channel, where I criticized him for basically lying to people with his, you know, he'd be like, oh, I'm playing a character. But he'd come on and be like, war is good. And he'd do this like weird conservative aberration. And it was like he would lie and lie and lie. And now he got a new job as the, as the Tonight Show host, and he's still trash. He's doing the exact same thing, but, but as a leftist now. Well, yeah. if you look at his previous show on Comedy Central, it was actually uh, edgy. It was actually somewhat comedic. It was actually kind of ironic, satirical. He was playing up this kind of conservative personality and questioning a lot of the wars, questioning a lot of the security states, questioning a lot of the intelligence agencies. He even brought up Bilderberg. He literally, like, I had conversations 
conversations with him about Bilderberg and other very serious, legitimate issues. Uh, I have those videos still on my uh, YouTube channel, luckily. But something changed when he went on the big networks. And he's literally doing big pharma commercials with dancing needles promoting <laughs> freaking a medical procedure that he says should be mandatory for everyone to take. Jimmy Kimball's no better. I mean, all of them regurgitate the same talking points. Jimmy Kimball was literally trying to make a joke about how people were in the hospital because of Iver, uh, right. uh, of, a, of a readily available pill that we can't mention. Excuse <laughs> we can me. talk about it. We can talk about uh, Jimmy Kimball was literally spreading fake news as a joke, saying how gunshot victims couldn't uh, have help at a hospital because everyone there was overdosed on uh, this uh, pill that's readily available that I don't even know if we could say on this platform uh, in fear of possibly taking this what video are the rules down on this that? channel down. I don't know. I don't want to. People the, know exactly what I'm saying. I've been talking about it since last year, by the way. About? It's ivermectin. Yeah. And YouTube's rule is that you can't recommend it, that you have to inform people it is not FDA approved for the tre- as, as a treatment for COVID. And that you should talk to your doctor about what's right for you before, you know, taking any medications, which I, 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 I agree th- with. Too. Yeah, I agree with those statements. Yeah. Right. So, so it's not like I, I think the issue is that that bothers me that I often complain about is that you can literally there are people who go on YouTube and say, don't talk to your doctor. Just go to a parking lot at a 7-Eleven. I'm not even, I'm not even right. kidding. Well, that's some medical. Bi- that's dangerous. Yes. Some of the biggest YouTubers are like, go down to a local parking lot where they're doing this. And, and I'm like, I'm tweeting like, hey, you should talk to a doctor, man. Like. Yeah, I, I'm, I, and then I, I love it when the leftists go, "That's stupid." The doctor would just recommend the vaccine, and I'm like, "Then why are you mad at me?" Like, okay, yeah, there's something weird about them being like, "Don't go to your doctor." Like they, they're mad that I'm telling yeah. people to actually consult medical advice. Yeah, maybe because they want people to just walk down to the parking lot without asking any questions about what their medical treatment is. Just listen to the out of touch politicians that are working for the corporate heads. They know what's best for you, not your medical doctor and professional, because you know possibly you might have something like antibodies you might have a medical condition you you might have an underlining condition your doctor knows what's right for you and there's also a purge happening with a lot of doctors being censored which also needs to be addressed because when we're reaching a phase where medical data studies professionals experts in the field are being punished for providing raw data i mean that's that's such a dangerous time right now and then and then this is i don't want to deviate off of the you know we're talking about well i was going to talk about the the healthcare workers that were just fired in new york we'll get into that too i just you know for those of us i don't want to deviate too hard we're talking about greg gutfeld and colbert and that starts shifting a little bit too much i do want to show you the image so you can understand what we're talking about this is colbert with dancing syringes called the vax scene and the weirdest thing is the people who watch the show are probably all vaccinated. They don't need to see this. And the people who aren't are not going to be convinced by this weird behavior that they find strange. That's literally what I thought of when I watched that that clip. I said nobody is going to – nobody like myself or whoever doesn't – you know, because I had COVID. I talked about it on, on a video. Um, no one's being convinced by nobody, it. Nobody on, well, the, on the right or – let me, let, me, let me show you this yeah. real quick. I want to <laughs> read this for you. From the, from the Neiman Lab article, they say hiding in plain sight. Despite its growing prominence, right-wing comedy remains largely invisible in both mainstream and scholarly discussions of media and humor. In part, this happened because social media algorithms don't send users jokes likely to challenge or offend their political sensibilities. Let me just point something out. I follow mainstream media. They talk about mainstream late-night hosts all the time. I follow conservative media. They sometimes will talk about Gutfeld. What happens? I get a balanced news diet showing me what the conservatives are talking about, the moderates and the liberals, and liberals in mainstream media only see what's happening in the liberal sphere. They have no idea what's happening. How how does that manifest? You can really tell if someone's in the cult, an American idiot controlled by the media. 
when it's it's as simple as, I don't know, like Phil DeFranco coming out and saying the Covington kids were wrong and bad. When when the Covington thing happened, I get sent all these videos like, Tim, look at this. Are you angry? And I saw the video. I'm like, I have no idea what's happening. It was just a picture of a kid. It was a video of a kid with like a drum in his face. And he's like smirking or whatever. And I'm like, what what's happening? I, I, but people just immediately were like, it's bad because we said so. Even people were supposed to be doing news. And then I started looking at the live streams. And immediately it was like, I made a video saying the media is lying about the Covington kids. They didn't do anything wrong. And then all of a sudden, one by one, all these news, news outlets started issuing corrections and updates. But you can easily just look at the, the, the personalities even on YouTube or whatever who are in the cult and not paying attention to what's happening outside of their bubble. And, and the crazy thing is they're getting angrier and angrier. Like, I'll bring up Phil DeFranco again because I used to think he was awesome. I was like, this is right. He's an independent entrepreneur. Then all of a sudden he's tweeting how he hates people and he, and he, which is harm on them. And I'm like, whatever is in that cult bubble is becoming increasingly angry and violent. Echo chamber. We also have to realize these people see a different news feed than we do. These people are curated information that's regurgitated that they want to hear again and again. Um, and, and by and large, late night television is dominated by the same neoliberal corporatist, uh, big totalitarian talking points, except for a few deviations. One of the most significant ones that uh, is very prominent to me is, is the guy who looks like my dad, Bill Maher. He does an nice. excellent job. <laughs> and and I don't always agree with him. I don't always agree with him, but I think he does provide some kind of context that does deviate from the agenda, the narrative, and he does start an interesting conversation, even though I don't agree with his opinion on the conversation. At least he starts one. We got to get Luke, Bill Maher, and Putin together. He's doing a little (laughs) better. He's doing a little better. But Bill Maher was also wrong on the Covington kids. A week week after the corrections, Bill Maher came out and was like, what's up with that? And it's like, dude, you're a week. Like, they've already issued corrections on this. I talked about it, you know, seven days before he came out and did a show. But I will give him the respect for at least standing up and saying, this is going too far. What's happening to this country? And now, you know what really was the bridge breaking the the, the bridge breaking or the the straw breaking the camel back? Camel's back is Bill Maher issuing a quote where he's like, I'm getting attacked for criticizing the left too much. Ding, 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 ding. There it is, Bill Maher. Smart guy. All of a sudden, you're starting to realize the Republicans aren't doing anything. They're sitting on their hands, the waste of our time. They act like they're supporting us. They don't do anything. I don't care for them. Oh, I like what what I hear. Like, oh, that's a good agenda. I'm school choice. Sounds great. And then what do they do? Nothing. The Democrats, meanwhile, are like, we're going to burn it down. So what are your options? Bill Maher, all of a sudden, is criticizing the left because the right, the Republican establishment, does nothing. Oh, Bill Maher could rag on Marjorie Taylor Greene, but I'm sure Bill Maher's in there like, she's a freshman congresswoman. Why do I care? Well, if you want to pile on with the establishment, that's the target. He's I, like um, an observant uh, comedian that talks about the news, but I don't think he's ever claimed to be a journalist or anything like that. No, of course not. Yeah, he's just, well, he has a late night show that he does every Friday night, and he does have people like Ben Shapiro on. I have a lot of things to criticize Ben Shapiro on, but at least there's another voice from a different spectrum compared to, of course, Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel, that have the same nonsense again, over again, spreading fake news, spreading this information, spreading, I mean, uh, that story uh, about the hospital being overrun with people uh, from poison control. Uh, that was an absolutely oh, in, in Oklahoma. Or whatever. In Oklahoma, Fake I mean that news. story has ramifications. That story could actually hurt people. That story uh, is having real life consequences. I mean, imagine someone in the third world country who's taken that specific medicine for the specific use, saying, "Hey, I don't want my, you know, I don't want to be poisoned because of this." Hold, it's, hold on, it's, it's ridiculous. I want to elaborate on that. So yeah. there was a story that went around from large mainstream leftist publications that ivermectin was sterilizing men. 
Now imagine, so ivermectin is used to treat river blindness, a parasite in the eyes. It is not FDA approved for, for treating COVID, but in Africa, it is considered an essential medication by the UN. Imagine you, you have a country, right? When they got Ebola in, in North Africa, you had people fleeing quarantine, thinking that these people were coming in and infecting them or killing them or harming them. So they would literally like take Ebola infected bodies and run and then it would get worse. It would spread. Now imagine you have these people in these villages. It is mostly rural African tribes that have river blindness. And along comes the UN saying, we want to give you this medication to cure you of your blindness. And then they're like, they, they hear these stories. But on the internet in America, they say it takes away our ability to have children. It sterilizes us. Either that's the most psychotic conspiracy theory I've ever heard, or these people are morons. Crimes against humanity. No, the, the, look, that's the what UN, that is. Posting that information I, I guess, is a crime against humanity. My, 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 and my point is, the UN is not sterilizing small, poor African tribes. They're trying to cure them of river blindness. I'm not a big fan of the UN and, and, and their ineffective, you know, whatever it is they're doing for the most part. But when they're like, we're going to cure river blindness, I'm like, Sounds about right. That's what ivermectin does. And then the media comes out with, and it also sterilizes men because it was like a study of 30 people and like eight had reproductive issues. And now you're going to have, the, you, you have the risk of misinformation, freaking people out and bringing back river blindness. That's the crime against humanity yeah. is posting the misinformation. Well, well, if you go on the NIH website and you look at the medical studies surrounding ivermectin, especially even the preliminary ones, I don't want to get this channel in trouble, but just do your own research, do your own homework and look at the medical studies and make up your own decisions and have those serious conversations with your medical professionals. It's, uh, it's, it's as simple as, you know, look, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, the, the, the censorship. Yes, I will say it right now. There are certain medications YouTube will ban you for recommending and others they expect you to recommend. No, 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 I don't play any of that game. I don't give financial advice, medical advice, or legal advice. And if you, and, and when people message me all the time saying, oh, but my doctor's not smart, my doctor's bad, I'm like, then you've got a bad doctor, man. I have to say it over and over again. People are probably saying, Tim, you've told us this 50 times. I know, but I got a super chat last week saying the exact same thing where they're like, but I have a dumb doctor. I'm like, why? Why not go to a doctor that isn't dumb? Have you considered yeah. that? I mean, you're paying for it one way or another, either through your taxes or your insurance. You're paying for that medical care. I don't know why people think that medical care is, you know, something that they're giving to you that's that's voluntary. It's not. You're paying for it in one way or another. And and when we look at our history, especially in the medical field, they have failed us time and time again. And it's important to note, especially with the opioid epidemic, we had very serious problems, very serious ramifications from medical professionals uh, being bought out. And lying to people, giving them medications that they knew was bad for them, uh, being given false information, having criminal activities that were literally done by many medical professionals, literally making people heroin addicts all over this country. Well, Tuskegee, even Biden yeah. brought it up, the, this Tuskegee experiments, right? It's, it's, so it's like, look, man, a, a healthy individual is, is skeptical but not overly distrustful. They, they try to get by, they try to do some research, but ultimately will try to trust the experts. And it's a very, very difficult and narrow path to, to figure out. But there's personal responsibility in there. But let me pull up this story right here. This is big. We got this from Forbes. New York's largest healthcare provider fires 1,400 employees who refuse to get vaccinated. Can I just say that um, firing healthcare uh, uh, employees during a pandemic sounds like not a good idea? Huh. It's like a bad idea, maybe. Yep. That and was the first. Th that was the first thought that passed, uh, that crossed <laughs> my mind. And my and my cousin's a nurse, and she worked with COVID patients, and she said the same thing. 
She th- said, "This is this is disgusting to do to these people." They were called our heroes. We yep. were literally uh, hitting, hitting pots and pans outside, mm-hmm. supporting them, and now they're literally being kicked to the streets with a, a caveat because a lot of the people who are being fired are being denied unemployment benefits as another draconian <laughs> step by the New York State that is going out of their way to make sure that people can't have enough money to feed their Yo. families, to feed their loved ones, and and this healthcare provider it was the Northwell Health Company. Thousand four hundred people will go with 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 a situation where they can't pay the bills. I got next week I, I got because a, of this. I got a, I got a friend, very very you know pro Joe Biden, anti Trump the whole time, screaming, ignoring the riots. Your typical establishment liberal type, just pro corporate shill. And boy, was it funny when they started posting on Facebook how they're terrified the vaccine mandates are here. I'm going to lose my job. I can't believe this is wrong. Why are they doing this? And I'm like, bro, you voted for it. Yeah. You voted yeah. for you these. You asked for this. Yeah. Like, you got, I got to say, I feel bad. And I also want to laugh at the same time. I'm like, to see the cathartic, it's the cathartic release of like, everything you were saying was a lie. I told you it was a lie. And now here you are frantic. But I feel bad. Because the whole point of me opposing this stuff was so that my friends wouldn't be dealing with this. But boy, you, you know, I'm sure everybody knows some of these people that just won't listen. You know why? Because the demoralization is complete. As Yuri Bezmenov said, you can show them the true and correct authentic, authentic information and they will not accept it. Another thing to really consider here is that these are medical professionals on the front lines. These are the people that helped cure people with COVID. These are the people administering the vaccine. These are the people that were literally on the front lines. If there's any experience that these people have, if if there's any thoughts that these people have, we should be listening to them. We should have a conversation with them. We should not throw them to the streets. And that's exactly what New York State is doing in a two-tier society that is now here. And it's disgusting to see our, you know, heroes, medical workers that are volunteers many times working overtime helping people in their worst states now being thrown to the streets that being said I wonder how many of these people who got fired were dancing in the hallways and you know that kind of stuff Uh, probably not these people in particular but uh, at the same time look there's a lot of criticism to go around for a lot of these people too who went out from their New York health you know care facilities went out in the street clapping and cheering for Black Lives Matter and like who were openly defying COVID lockdown measures so and we're saying that Black Lives Matter protests were actually good for COVID and right. stopping the spread, and I counter-protests got, were not. <laughs> I want to I I ask you, Luke, because uh, last week when we had uh, Shane Cashman on the show, he, he said something really interesting to me. And I'm curious what your, your thoughts on this, too. He said, New York has already seceded. Mm-hmm. They've already, you need a passport to go there, right? If you don't have the required, you, you need a physical card proof to actually use the services of New York as if it were a different country. And if you don't have what's required on the card, which is not just your vaccines, your identification as well. You, it used to be in New York, you could walk into any, any place and buy whatever you wanted. Now you need an ID and your, 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 your vaccine passport. So he was like, they, they've implemented rules already that have basically excised half the population from being able to go there. That's like soft seating as it is. Exactly. It's it's a different society that plays by different rules. Compare New York to Florida. New York, the, uh, I mean, Florida, the, the case numbers dropped, according to some estimates, even 95%. Uh, and when you go to Florida, the restaurants are open, stadiums are open, schools are open. There's no restrictions. There's no lockdowns. There's no two-tier society. There's no papers, please, everywhere you go. So so we're seeing something that is slowly hey, hey, spreading. Hey, hey. 
West Virginia is the same. Yeah, give us some credit. Well, it depends also where you go. There's liberal cities uh, everywhere, even in Florida, like in Tampa. They're trying to implement uh, vax passports as well. That that needs to be called out, wow. and uh, and they're fighting with the state. So so there's there's different people pushing different things. But if you remember, one of the first things that I brought up last year, the first time I went on this show, was the need for a peaceful divorce, uh, a divorce between. The statists and the people who actually believe in personal freedom and personal liberty. Now we talk about it almost every single day. Well, so, so, so but, but let's. I, you, you were saying that in New York, you're not even noticing any of these things. No, right? no. But I, I agree with what you say, and I, I want to comment on that because I was with my friend, um, my friend Sarah, who uh, served in the army for five years and then came out as transgender, and now she's living her best life as a woman. Um, she said it the best. We were we were traveling from Nashville, which was super liberal, to North Carolina, which was more conservative. And we saw the differences just from driving from state to state. And the way she explained it was was really well put. She's like, you know what? At this point, I don't care about California anymore. If they want socialism, let them have it because I don't live there. That's yep. the way she put it. I mean, she, the they I voted it. for it. Yep. I don't live there. Yep. I, 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 she's like, we tried. We tried to explain to them that this isn't going to work. It's never worked. And she's like, it's the United States is in a very interesting situation because we have 50 different states for that reason, because each of those states needs has different needs yeah. and has different laws because that's the way we were designed. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. It will be interesting to see what flourishes and what fails. And I think right now, from the for, for the most part, I think California and New York City are, are failing. Fifty two percent of Biden uh, of Trump support Trump voters want peaceful divorce 41 percent of biden voters we're getting close yeah but the biden administration is bailing out new york and california giving them everyone's tax dollars uh, financing a lot of their sanctuary cities financing yep. a lot of their insane policies financing just the the the, the total marxist and, and again if marxists want to live in in communism i don't want to stop you from doing that but stop forcing other people to do it as well i lived in new york city we actually you know, lived very close to each other we didn't know each other <laughs> like this is the first Turns time we met schoolmates yeah we were actually schoolmates which is pretty interesting uh but but i left i said i'm done i'm done incentivizing my taxes uh, i don't want them going here it's unethical it's immoral for my taxes to be going here my energy my time my social circle it was hard to end all that i w literally went up to new hampshire no plan and i became a part of the free state project and i love it there and i i love coming down here i love being in florida and i love incentivizing and voting with my actions what i personally like and i think if we need to do anything it's to be aware of the small decisions that we make every day in our existence because those decisions matter the most and they mean the most as far as impact because again they could only get away with this if we allow it to get away with it you can't comply your way out of tyranny it's not going to happen uh and what's happening in new york california is absolutely tyrannical you want to live under it you love it stay there i would love this to instead of referring to these cities as liberal just start referring to them as authoritarian because i'm a liberal i'm very liberal in my behavior i'm not a liberal i'm just super liberal i like liberal with sexuality liberal with what you do with your life you know libertarian is liberal i mean that's the same freaking root and, yeah, uh, I hate that they took that word from us. I really do Cla because we are we are. So we call it classic liberal. Well, classical liberals are, are like classic, are, are liberal. Cent classical liberalism is a center right position that now. leans towards. No, no, it's always been. Oh that, yeah, that leans towards uh, libertarianism, and then what we refer to as traditional liberals is actually social liberal. So, like, I, I've actually read a, you know a, a little bit different writers about social liberalism versus classical liberalism. They're very much the same, and that's the it, that's how it used to be. 
It used to be classical liberalism versus uh, social liberalism, where you have social liberals saying that this was like the civil rights movement. Hey, the state needs to stop this. And, and the classical liberals were like, private businesses can do what they want. Live and let live. Yeah. Now it's the Democrats that are actually the ones saying private corporations can do what they want. But the problem is these are massive multinational billion dollar unaccountable corporations. So they're basically fascists. Yeah. When social liberalism goes too far, you get authoritarianism. When you have the state trying to enforce civil rights, that's a form of authoritarianism, very small amount to do some good. But if it goes too far and then you start to force people to take medicine and force people to stand this way and say this thing, that's madly authoritarian and very dangerous. You know, I'd say it was a slippery slope, but I think it's a sheer cliff. Right. What we're what we're on. And, you know, Luke was saying, like, we're on the precipice. And I'm kind of like, uh, we went off it. We went off the precipice. You know, I wanted to like we're just falling. Now. I wanted to mention the you, you mentioned the 50 was a 52 percent of Trump voters wanted to secede and yep. 41. of But that actually comes from a poll. The Daily Mail posted it where they only pulled 2012 people. Ian, you don't and then they extrapolated polls. 2012 people to the entire United States. And they, the, the name, the headline is America thinks the unthinkable more than half of Trump voters want red and blue states to okay. secede. They down. only pulled 2,000 people, let's, let's slow down for a 1,000 Trump let's, voters. Let's, let's, let's slow down for a second. That's actually a pretty large sample size. 2,012 people out of 350 million? Yes. That's not large. That it, it is. It's a large sample size for a poll, maybe. Yes, But it's it a is. terrible way to frame Just because a 2,000-person poll listen, listen. that more than half of the Trump voters want. All right, um, so I'm explaining to you, as much as I'm not a fan of a lot of these polls and don't trust them, standards for polling, that's actually a well, decent number. crap standards. And we got to talk about now you can have a poll that's disingenuous and you can have a poll that's misframed. And this has been misframed. Well, I don't think it's misframed. It says that more than half of the Trump voters want it and they only polled a thousand of them. That's 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 how polls they, work. They made a claim about 80 million people based off of a poll of a thousand people. I, I understand your argument, but there's no point in continuing if you don't know how the polls work. I'm right. saying that it's a dangerous precedent to be, allow problem, people to frame polls like this. The problem with polling is that they'll say something like this. Like, let me ask you a question, Ariel. Do you think that we should use some of our tax dollars towards green energy so that we can, you know, make the air cleaner and, and our and our, you know, our water cleaner? Sure. OK, yes. let me ask you another question. Do you think that we should have a massive government overhaul and increase in taxes restricting what private businesses can do? No. Okay, you're for and against the Green New Deal. <laughs> right, you're, yeah, exactly. It's the so, way you frame it, yeah. So I know the what question you're you asked will get someone, so we'll say like, we asked, you know. Now, polls typically release their questionnaire, so they don't do that as overtly. The problem with political polling is that they'll always interview more Democrats. The problem isn't the sample size. There's a, a 500 is a bad sample size. But what they do is they target regions. They'll go into certain areas with certain voting demographics, and they'll look at the age, the breakdown, and then they'll take a sample of those people and use them as a representative sample. It's not just 2,000 random people. It is, it is, it, and you can look at the, 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 um, uh, I forgot, I'm forgetting the word. You can look at actually how they calculated this. They'll show you all the math. They'll show you all the questions. That's actually not bad, 2,000. Now, you need to check the question they asked, but it seems like that actually tracks with other data we've seen where 37.2% of voters in general from independents, not just uh, Republicans and Democrats, 37.2 want their region to break off and form its own country. Okay, but it, this is like if you asked the four of us in the room a question. No, it isn't. It is. But no, okay, no, a thousand. Okay. Say, Ian, say you grabbed 2,000 people, Tim. We can't just keep... keep Listen to me. You bring the 2,000 people into a room and you ask them to a poll and then you say... Half of all people think that 
It's not, that's not no, what you did. You pulled 2,000 no, people. Ian, Ian, you need to stop. Okay. We're going to move on. From I, I definitely want to move on. Cause you, I, you, you need to read how polls work. I know how polls work. You don't. They pulled 2,012 okay, stop, people stop, stop, and then dude. said that it was half of Let's the people. Move on okay. And talk about something else. Read about polls. We'll come back to this. So, uh, anyway, the country wants to break apart. No, Luke. no, I disagree. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting that info I from. Think, I, I think I think they do. I think we feel a sentiment of, of of dissatisfaction. I think a lot of people, I mean, if you look at the dissatisfaction rate amongst Congress members, everyone's dissatisfied with what Congress is doing. Now, people are satisfied with what their local congressman is doing. There's polls suggesting that. But overall, I think we're down a trajectory towards an extremely bad path. I think everyone knows it. Government has been standing in the way of free enterprise, capitalistic endeavors that have been creating such an economic bubble that it's about to burst and pop any time. And we are about to be put right into a situation, I think, akin to the Great Depression, uh, especially with the financial mess that we are all involved in with the Federal Reserve literally just printing money out of thin air. I think the financial calamities are going to be far more impactful than the health aspects that we're even dealing with right now. And I think a crash is coming. And when that happens, oh boy, will things get worse and, and the agenda will be pushed through even more. Let me ask you guys, do you think that the crash is going to result in, prop, in, in prices collapsing or skyrocketing? Inflation or deflation? It's it's too hard to tell right now, to be honest with you, because of so, so much supply shortages, so much labor shortages. Inflation, then. Um, and, and, and when we look at what the government's doing now, I mean, they're purposely making it that much worse. They're putting restrictions on the ports so products can't get here. There's There's labor unions screaming at the government, please stop. Stop with your insanity. Stop with your madness. Add that on top of labor shortages, federal mandates increasing the labor shortages, states like New York and California, farmers being told to destroy their crops, destroy their livestock. We are headed down a disastrous path, and their only way to get out of it without being hurt is by having people break up into their own personal, individual, little units. A lot of people like to group up Republicans, Democrats. It doesn't matter to me. I think it's beyond that. It's freedom, slavery. Which one do you believe in? And and that's the, that's the line. That's the line. You want to live in communism? Go live there. Uh, you want to live in freedom? You want to have your own personal choices for yourself? It's already happening. People that that don't like communism are moving out of New York, are moving out of California, and they're incentivizing states. That's why there's a whole migrant crisis on the border because they're trying to counter that by bringing in as many new voters as they can that, as that, well. I, I disagree with that. The, these these uh, illegal immigrants that are coming in are being shipped all over the country. Exactly. But they're not. They're not. I don't think they're going to get a path of citizenship in the immediate. Exactly. It's going to be a long time for now, but what you need to understand. Congressional and, seats, though. Exactly. So yep. this, this let, me, let, me, let me tell you this because you might not, might not know this, Ariel. The way we do electoral college votes for the president is based on how many congressional seats a state has. A state's congressional seats are based on the amount of people there, not citizens, which means if a million illegal immigrants come in to Texas, which we've seen, that means we need to give Texas one more congressional seat, even though those people aren't citizens. Aren't legal. Wow, I did that. That means know Texas that. will get okay. another electoral college vote. So they're not directly voting in a popular vote, but, but they're, they're still they're, they're still yeah they're still presence. changing elections. Yep. Wow. Yeah, no, yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. So that's yeah that's that's so, definitely a possibility of why they're you know, doing T that. Tucker Carlson was like, they're going to give them a path of citizenship so they can vote because they always vote Democrat, and I'm like, they don't need to. They need to only move them into the specific Just suburbs so or states. There. So they find blue. So they, they send them to blue states. So, but however, a census just happened. So they have to wait 10 years for this to take effect. But that's what will happen. Bring in as many people as possible into blue states to get more seats. And there you go. You can, you can then gain advantage. 
politics is all about just gaining power. They don't care how they do it. They just want to do it. That's what's happening. As Diane Feinstein is telling you, you need a passport permission slip just to fly domestically inside of the United States. That's the bill that she literally proposed. Or a negative test or proof of recovery. How do you prove recovery? Yeah. Yeah. So negative tests, right. They're, 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 they're increasing the mandates. And, and it is really, really interesting that all of these kind of just feel like a, it's like all part of something that feels like a, like a great re, restart. A great reset. Yes. I heard that somewhere. I heard that. A great uh, reset. I heard a lot of times. Yep. Now we were talking about this uh, last year. There's a big agenda, the 2030 agenda. You will have no privacy. You will own nothing. You will be happy. They took down, they took that website down that from the hilarious. World Economic Forum. They, they, the, the they video. There's yep. a viral video on Twitter where it's like, what life will be like in 2030? You will own nothing and you will be happy. And then everyone started tweeting it like, dude, look what they're saying. And then they deleted it. Last year, <laughs> I still remember we were at the skate park outside in the garage. And I was like, you won't believe this. The Pope, MasterCard, and other multinational corporations are coming together to try to usher in the Great Reset officially. <laughs> officially Pope. saying we need to change the way things we, and we've I was done like, economically. Okay, and no, I'm serious. And then it was mainstream media news. Uh, it wasn't even me just you know speculating a lot of this stuff. But but again, it's it's all there. It's it's all in everything that they have prophesied that they have been talking about. They've been talking about doing this through global warming for such a long time. The same implementations, the same things that they called for, are being implemented, and and we're seeing the same policies being instituted not just here domestically in the United States, but as if it was a coordinated plan internationally. Turkey just launched domestic passport systems on planes trains and buses to travel domestically you need to have a vaccine passport israel has done the same italy has done the same france is going to be instituting those laws when just a few weeks ago we were told that that vaccine passports were conspiracy theories you're crazy if you think there's going to be vaccine passports joe biden even told the national television no way we're going to have vaccine mandates what did he like do? One, he implemented one, one big TV in the nation's capital, the national television? Well, you know what I mean. You know what I'm trying to say here. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just poking I, fun at I, I'm just riffing here Dude, off the top of my head I got here. a Bloomberg opinion article. Give Amazon and Facebook a seat at the United Nations. Yeah. This is from <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From Ben Schott. Oh, it's, I told you. See, Might as well. This is the Klaus Schwab this is the plan. Great make corporations governments. Yeah. yeah. They already are. This is what we're we're trying to make people understand. What is governing with the you, guys? Yeah, yeah, but the, the one thing you're not considering in all of this is that Mark Zuckerberg is just so cool. Oh, yeah, he's just right. a really cool truth. guy. Yeah. Truth, truth, and Mad. Jeff Bezos, truth. Oh, the best. So cool. Owen Wilson did a great. I, I always liked Mark Zuckerberg. Me too. You see that 1997 interview with Jeff Jeff uh, Bezos? You know, it'd be funny if there's like fresh faced. He's like in. You, you have you seen the picture of him in that crappy little office? It'd yep. be funny if like he gets interviewed and they're like, so what's your plan? He's like, well, I'm going to sell books and then uh, in 20 years I'll take over the world. I'll tell you what. And make people. a space the, the truth is shaped like my those guys, uh, private part. Those guys, <laughs> those guys are pretty cool, but authoritarian corporations cannot be considered governments in this world. We cannot allow that well, to happen. I don't are. care who's well, in charge. No co- human co- can handle that. Corporations are people, my friend. Exactly. Oh. Also truth, according yeah. to law, although uh, it makes no a- sense. According to Mitt Romney. I think it's legal. They're legally persons, aren't they? Corporations. Well, I guess they're legal entities, but personhood means like they can be sued and they function, I guess. But I think people way overestimate what that means if you say a corporation has personhood or something. It just means you can sue them and they operate as though, you know, a tax entity or whatever. From Huffington Post. Corporations are people and they have more rights than... Oh, yeah. They can't go to prison. You. (laughs) Yeah, sure enough. What if when a corporation broke the law, they, you know, put the corporation in prison so it couldn't operate? for a certain amount of time, like a regular person. You could do that digitally, I would imagine. You just shut the company down. 
Okay, your company's effectively shut down. And they'll say, but that'll destroy my company. <laughs> Don't you think it's funny when you send someone to pre- prison for five years, they come out five years culturally stunted? And often don't know, like don't have skills for jobs. Yeah, what do you think happens when you send people to prison? When when you type in largest criminal settlement on Google. Yes, I did that the earlier today. First article that comes up is a justice.gov link about the Justice Department announcing the largest healthcare fraud settlement in its history, going after Pfizer that agreed to pay out two point three billion dollars a part of the largest healthcare fraud Whoa. settlement in history. Of the Department of Justice, and they were they pled guilty to charges relating to promoting. But, they're not now yeah. withdrawn. Uh, Bextra pain medicine. Yeah, but but, but hey hey, uh, you know Stephen Colbert dances and says it's good, so yeah, it has to be good. Right, yeah. so, you that know, YouTube fine. would take direction from a CDC that's taking direction from Pfizer is disturbing to me. That well, any corporation would follow this train of command when you see Pfizer. One of the ten largest criminal fines in history. This company. Yeah. What position at Halliburton did Dick Cheney have? Oh God, was he the CEO? Luke? I'm pretty sure he was uh, the CEO. And then what job did he get afterwards? Vice Presidency of the United States. And then what did the United States do after he got elected? <laughs> give extremely <laughs> lucrative contracts to Halliburton <laughs> to give inadequate services to U.S. military men that were serving this country in Iraq and Afghanistan that led them astray and charged them to the highest degree that they could. Well, you win the million, do- million dollars, Luke. I, I, uh, this My Bitcoin weird. address is uh, <laughs> linked on wearechange.org. Oh, snap. Look at that. And then I guess, you know, you know, what's funny is we have to talk about politics being downstream from culture. But I think the corporations finally realized that, too. Like Republicans are still fighting these political battles like judges and Supreme Court. The corporations and the Democrats, uh, well, I should say the corporations and their leashed lapdogs, the Democrats and their leashed lapdogs, their voter base have just gone for the cultural institutions. Yep. And that's why, you know, you see what you see with like the wokeness on YouTube that's why if you deviate from it, even though you have the same principles you always had, they have to come after you because you need to fall in line. I'm yes. doing. I'm going yeah. down the list of the ten largest criminal fines in history. Number eight is Facebook with five billion. Number oh. six is Google with nine point five billion. Wow. Bank of America's on there. But it's also important to note here that this is a slap on the wrist to how much money oh, yeah. these multinational corporations make. I mean, Pfizer. Look how much money they're making right now. They're creating more billionaires than any other industry, than any other private company in the world right now as we're speaking right now with their CEO literally going on uh, national media and his voice is gospel. A couple months ago, he told us, take the shot. Everything will go back to normal. Now he's telling us, well, you're going to need a booster shot and then maybe we'll go back to normal. And then everyone's literally regurgitating it as if so, it's so, true. So, so wait, wait, so wait, wait. Medical, corporate, auto technocracy? Yeah, now you're getting Com- there. Commune. Commune. Communotherapeutic. Communical. Communotechnical. techno-autocracy. Autotechnocracy. What do we call this? System? Brave New World. Yeah, there you go. No, it's not. It's, it's all of them. It yeah, really is. Brave New World 1984. No, it's, it's a Brave New 1984 for Vendetta. And then that new uh, movie that came out on no, Amazon that they banned season two new, of. A Brave New Fahrenheit 1984 for Vendetta. And then what was that movie that they uh, stopped the second season? Utopia. Of? Utopia. Oh, yeah. So here, you want to you know what I tweeted earlier? Yeah, best one ever. I said, a tech billionaire concerned with overpopulation uh, schemes a plan to trick people into purging themselves to save the planet. That is the plot of Kingsman and Utopia. And Utopia, the, the evil villain, literally makes fake meat. Like yo, 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 but watch <laughs> Kingsman. It's yeah. like, it's, what, what is this? Have you seen Kingsman? No, I haven't. So Samuel L. Jackson plays a tech billionaire 
who makes uh, spoiler alert for people who haven't seen it. It's an older movie, but it's like it's a few years old. It's awesome. He makes SIM cards for free. Everyone get free cell service, free internet. Hey, guess what? Who else has tried to offer up free internet around the world? A couple of tech billionaires. Anyway, he offers up this thing. And then what it does is at a certain point when he activates it, it makes every phone emit a noise that inhibits pe- people's like judgment. So they become violent and irrational, start attacking and killing each other. And he does it. And he explicitly says, the earth is got a thickness. Cause that's, he has a list. Besides the and he's like, and, and, and the planet is overheating to kill the virus. And so his plan as a tech billionaire is to trick everyone in taking these SIM cards so that they all will kill themselves and depopulate the planet. Utopia. Have you ever seen Utopia? No. Utopia got canceled. And my understanding is it got canceled because it freaked people out. Because Utopia is about a tech mogul who's concerned about overpopulation. So he tries making fake meat. And when that isn't working and, and, and advocating isn't changing people's minds, he orchestrates a fake pandemic to trick people into taking a vaccine that actually sterilizes them. And in the show, someone who is involved in the project is giving clues in the form of a comic, two comics, Dystopia and Utopia. And then these conspiracy theorists find it and they're like, look what this comic is showing us is going to happen. And the funny thing is, in our reality, there's a TV show. No, there's a TV show called... In our reality, there's a TV show called Utopia telling us that a tech mogul who makes fake meat is concerned about overpopulation. So he's trying to get people vaccinated and sterilized. Another layer deep, Dan Bird plays Ian who I did a TV show with, Dan Bird, called Aliens in America. <laughs> I was on the, the pilot episode with Dan. But he plays a character named Ian in Utopia. I They're, don't think the TV shows are <laughs> real. I'm just saying, how this is creepy a simulation. is that? Yeah, we're in a simulation, man. Oh, let, let me, let me, let me, you, you want to you know about the simulation? Let me tell you about the simulation. All right? I went to the, we went to the casino this weekend. Listen to this. Listen <laughs> to this story. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> we went to the casino this weekend. And I went, uh, we played, we had a good time. We usually go, you like, look, you never go to a casino to try and win big. You go with like a hundred bucks to play some table games and laugh and you get all excited. And then when you're done, you're done. So I didn't realize the casino out here is horse racing and they were doing a horse race and I got to watch the horses race. It was so cool. And so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll play some bets. They're like two bucks. And so I play some bets, ended up winning $57. Well, the nice old lady who advised me who to bet on because I didn't know. I said, I'll give you a tip. Here's 20 bucks. I got $37. What am I going to do? I'm going to go to the roulette table and I'm going to put 35 bucks on 26. So I walk up to the roulette table and there's this guy standing in front of me, not playing. And I'm sitting there like, what am I going to do? Am I going to be that guy who's like, excuse me, if you're not playing, can I get in? You're in my way. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll wait. The lady spins the ball. 26 comes up. I was, I was so pissed off. 26, fine. It came up and I could have been, excuse me, sir. And then I could have put it down on 20, on 26 and I would have won, I think, you know, like a grand or something. Cause I was just like, yeah, we'll do 26. So that, that pissed me off. Then I went to the next roulette table cause I didn't actually play yet. And I'm with Allison and with my brother and I'm like, okay, I'll put it on 26. On the roulette wheel, what number is next to 26? 30. And what comes up? 30. And not only did 30 come up, but the ball spun and then synchronized with the wheel and was stuck hovering for a few seconds. And I'm like, what is <laughs> happening? And then it goes right next to 26. And I'm like, oh, and the, and the dealer looks at me. He's like, yeah. And then it goes 30. And it's, oh, now here's what happens next. 
So we end up coming back because we wanted to, like, let's bring people to the horse races. You get like a hot dog, you watch the horses. And they weren't doing live races. So we were like, oh, we should have checked the brochure. But this time I was like, I'm going to go pl- play, well, I'll play roulette again. And this time I'll bet on 26. So I, I bet a couple hundred bucks. I'm putting on 26 and the surrounding numbers. And then I'm like, I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. But then finally, 26 hits. I win big because I had like 25 bucks on it. Plus, I put bets on everything related to it. So 26 is black. It's even. It's on the middle rail. And then so I win this huge number. And then as the dude is preparing the chips, he walked because it was the digital one where you can watch them spin. But then he walks over to me. And right as he hands me the chips, 26 black hits twice in a row. And then everyone starts laughing and the dealer goes, 26 again. And then I was just like, we live in a simulation. <laughs> I don't really mean we live in a simulation. I'm just saying like, what a weird weekend. It's a magnetic universe. That's for sure. I actually weird. don't. I actually believe in that. I do believe in that stuff. I, I am a law of attraction believing type of person. And I think there's, there is science that, that supports a lot of it. You and got I, a big I, old rose quartz crystal right there. I do believe in that stuff. I don't think it's. Perfectly science, but I do, I do believe, I, I think that's also how people are, are, they're using the law of attraction to, to make people afraid. They're continuously talking about negative things on the news and continuously talking about COVID. And that's all people but think about. Do. And it makes them afraid. We're negative all the time. That's, that's why we did. No, I think, not you're, always, I, think you're, not always. I think you're critical. I think yeah. that's different than being negative. No, but hold on. That's why we started the Cast Castle vlog first, yeah. which is like puppies playing and the chickens running around doing chicken stuff. And they're really funny to create something that would like counterbalance the constant negativity. Mm-hmm. And then we did Tales from the Inverted World because that's not as upbeat. Fantasy. Oh, no, it's real. Oh, it's real stuff? It's all true oh, okay. stories. I haven't yeah. stopped. Well, you just posted it. I didn't watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. All <laughs> true stories, investigative, paranormal stuff, and that's to inspire awe in the universe. Yes. We want people to hear that and, like, reinvigorate their light for, like, discovery and exploration. So yeah. we don't want to just be doing negative news all the time. I, I think there's a big difference, uh, especially with us just recently talking about the mass movement of people waking up, the large protest, compared to the mainstream media that literally hopes death rates go up so their counter goes up and they can uh, make it big and as red as possible. CNN. So CNN literally did that. That's right. Uh, and they were literally getting off and hoping that the numbers would be higher to have Gang better ratings. Gangbusters, he said. And yeah. that, that's that's shout out to James o, James O'Keefe and Project Veritas for getting those videos out. Yep. CNN so there's a big producer. difference between what we're doing and what they're doing. Right. It's not all negative. There's a lot of people out there that are waking up. There's a lot of solutions. Just waking up to the problem is the first step in making the right decisions for yourself. And that Gutfeld segment was pretty positive. Look, we got we got Greg Gutfeld's, you know, uh, dominating the late night. That's fantastic. We've got people across the country chanting F. Joe Biden. Hey, it's a good week, huh? Not all bad. And I think neutral energy is underrated. You can be super critical and be neutral about it. Great Jedi. I even saw delete Facebook trending. um, Yeah. And and a lot of people talking about it. So maybe we could warn people to make sure that they don't give a phone with Facebook to their adolescent child. You know, that's important. How about we do super chats? If you haven't already, smash that like button. Get your super chats in now. We're going to read a whole bunch of your comments about what you think's happening and go to timcast.com become a member because there will be a members only segment coming up after the show usually around 11 or so p.m. plus we have a huge library of content already with like hundreds of videos so definitely subscribe to this channel smash that like button let's read squishy blue says have you ever seen the anime psychopaths dystopian future where you're arrested or killed uh or arrested not if you've committed a crime but if you're likely to be based on your stress level measured by a machine Ooh. Oh, man. I have not. Reminds me of that Doctor Who where they go to the planet where the robots have the smiley faces on their screens. And if you're not smiling, they kill you because sadness spreads like a virus. 
So to prevent sadness from spreading, they kill anyone who's sad, which makes more sadness. And so they're walking around like, smiling. Yeah, crazy. We have a super chat from Ian Crossland. Rudkowski in the house-ski. Thank you. Nice. Thank you, Ian. Nice. Thank yeah, you, nice, Ian. Yeah. You're welcome, Luke. I'm glad you're back. Waffle <laughs> Sensei is angry. He says, change your effing shirt to my mind is breaking. <laughs> ah, here we are. Never Summer says, let's go, Brandon. Yes, Brandon. I love Brandon. <laughs> let's go, Brandon. <laughs> so the way Newsweek framed it was that the reporter was trying to 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 play it off, like to trick the audience. Mm-hmm. I, I'm missing out. Did I miss this thing? Who's Brandon? It, no, no, no. Who's Brandon? <laughs> we don't even know. No, it no, was, no, it was it, the guy who won the race. Oh, that's Brandon, what it was? Brandon yeah. Brown is it? Okay, I, wasn't, I, I only saw the eight-second clip of it. They, the the crowd was chanting, F Joe Biden, while they were interviewing this guy, Brandon. And she's like, wow, how do you feel? They're chanting, let's go, Brandon. Got it. Yeah, and they Newsweek is like NBC reporter tries, you know, <laughs> damage control as people chant F. Joe Biden. Brandon that was Brown. amazing. That's really funny. Let's see. Recro Morrison Lem- Lem- Lemniscate says, you talk about fusion a lot. But did you ever consider what would happen if we, if, if one random guy figures out cheap fusion? I think a kid did it in his bedroom, a 14-year-old, and they came and oh, shut it down. Look up that up. Bobby Dial says, Lucas, where is the salt lamp? Um, I have it in my videos. Every video, I have a salt lamp yeah, in there. there you go. Oh. Yeah, Taylor yeah. Wilson is the guy's, the kid's name. He built a fusion generator at the age of 14. I do have to get a new light bulb because it hasn't turned on recently. We, we, <laughs> it's well, been a while. No, no, I've been we, so busy. He produced nuclear fusion. I don't know if he, it probably wasn't ignited. We have these yeah. things. They're, they're, they're little like plates with an LED in them, and you put it on top, and it lights it up so you can just change them out. That's cool. Alessio DeMonte says, the way Luke started his intro, I thought for a second it was Alex Jones circa 2012. Now that's a good episode. Is that, an, is, that, is that a criticism? or? I don't know. We do way. have a past. Jenkins Leroy <laughs> says, this one is for Ariel. As a bisexual, seeing your content along with the collabs with Mike MGTV helped me understand and accept my sexuality so much. Thank you. I hope you and him are still friends, acquaintances. Oh, we are. Yeah, he's one of the people that actually stayed friends in my, uh, stayed friends with me. Thank God. He's him, one of the people. Him and Mac, yeah. Who was Mac actually a friend of yours. Who was actually a friend of mine who's a, uh, yeah, who might not agree. I don't know what he thinks about politics. I don't even talk to him about that. But yeah, he's... He hasn't unfollowed me. He hasn't been spreading rumors, as far as I know. And yeah, he's That's one of the nice. one of the few people. Yeah, he's, but you know what? He's a Jersey boy, and he's an Italian. And <laughs> so he talks generally like speak. Well, generally speaking, Italians, especially from New York and New Jersey, even though we get a lot of SHIT, but we tend to be very loyal people. We tend to be go. very good friends. Good. Yeah. Gino Fass says, "At Ian, what's the latest on the TimCast.com social network?" Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the idea is we're building out the Fediverse in a social networking package. But what I want to do is start building free software on like a secret.io site where we can start implementing all our free software. And then maybe one day we'll open up an open beta for people to test it. And then down the line, that can become the Timcast model. And then we'll set that up. But that's that's a far way off. But I'll, I'll definitely let you know as we start building it out. Cool. Kyle Miller says this Facebook whistleblower that was on 60 Minutes feels like a plant. So there's an excuse to censor FB and the Internet. Yeah, I mean, what she literally came out and said she got a job at Facebook to make sure she could censor conspiracy theories. <laughs> like, that's your first worry. That That's everything that's going on. That, that, that's your big worry. Some some guys sharing his theories on things. Come on. It's ridiculous. Judge 1964 CPU says, hey, Tim, longtime listener and lover of your content. I want to shout out against Shout out against my company, Covanta Energy, for implementing Biden's illegal vaccine mandates. They admitted that in the company email. Thank you. Whoa. Whoa. 
I thought that was weird because I said shout out against my company. I was like, I thought you wanted to shout out, shout out your company, Lex Positive. Oh no, he's mad. He wants to call them out. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Trent Lamelino says, "What what has to happen to get Luke on JRE? Want to break the internet? That'd, That'd be great. great. We were like talking about doing something and then it just never happened. Uh, maybe that'd be cool." Joe called me up one day and he's like, yo, what's up with this Luke guy? And I was like, he sucks, man. He's like, I know, right? I'm like, yeah. And then we were like, <laughs> and he's like, later, dude, bye. And then I hung up. Probably. Great friend. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, 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 no. Clef the Misfit says, sitting down to watch Timcast with my bottle of Pepto-Bismol that I've had since Luke left us initially. But I'm excited to see the Lord's t-shirt vendor has, has been resurrected. No puking for me today. Yes, we have a lot of new t-shirts, but I had to leave uh, New Hampshire, the Free State Project. Beautiful place to go to. I was on a farm. I was learning farming, how to work on trucks. I was doing survival apocalypse drills and trainings, uh, working with you know firearms and working with uh, other important uh, self-defense tools that were uh, pretty handy for the upcoming apocalypse. Somebody already made a Let's Go Brandon t-shirt, I bet, huh? I bet so. Let's go, yeah. Brandon. Huh? Yeah. Capitalism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Capitalism. <laughs> Free market. Bomb Globe says, let's go, Brandon. Yes. Let's go, Brandon. Love so Brandon. that basically means F Joe Biden now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the politically let's correct go, way. Brandon. That's how you have to say it if you don't want to get shut down. That's right. <laughs> KM says, is she went ahead going to redeem herself and join you guys and battle Alex Jones? She should battle Jeff Berwick. Welcome back, Luke. Jimmy Dore needs to make an appearance. You were on his show. Jimmy is awesome. I'm a big fan. We disagree politically on some things, but I think as long as you agree with like anti-authoritarianism, then we can talk about any other political policy and economic or social or whatever. Well, even if you're a, a jackboot licking like the totalitarian, let, let's have you on the show. Let's discuss your ideas. Let's see if your ideas are better than our ideas, and let's let's go at it. I mean, we need more honest, real conversations, uh, and let's get a perspective. Let's understand these people. A lot of people, uh, you know, I, I would I would say if we should probably calculate how much money we make off Yuri Bezmenov because we get like a handful of super chats every night of people being like, have you ever watched the interview with Yuri Bezmenov? And I'm like, yes. maybe we should just keep a chart where it's like we've made like $50,000 already and people asking us to watch it. Or we should do an introduction with a graphic of it for a few seconds in the beginning of the broadcast. We'll just make like a, 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 a whenever someone super chats, Yuri Bezmenov pops up and it says, we've seen it. We could do that. We agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Yuri was KGB, right? Yes. And they were studying the way to disrupt a country's culture, specifically the United yes. States. This is like the intention of what's happening. G. Now. Edward Griffin, who wrote The Creature from Jekyll Island, was the one interviewing him in that video. So I interviewed G. Edward Griffin just on that specific interview and its larger implications. I have some feelers well, out to bring Edward on the show. Yeah, yeah exactly. G. Edward Griffin, yeah, I'll contact him, and, and he's an awesome human being. And we'll talk being. about Yuri Bezanov. Yeah. We'll finally do a big discussion about demoralization. Yeah. I mean, Let's, I did an interview with him about that. It was fascinating. Yeah, oh, yeah. On your YouTube channel? Yeah. You, yeah. Well, it'll be great with, 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 with you here as well. Yeah. It'll be a fantastic conversation. Let's, let's do that. Treasonous Truth says, Tim, you need, you need to listen to Iron Maiden songs like Holy Smoke, El Dorado, and Writing on the Wall. I think I know Writing on the Wall. It's been a while, though. I'll, I'll check them out. Iron Maiden. Sketch M says, visited my leftist family this weekend for my birthday. We usually butt heads, and we were all agreeing on how bad the president is, and Jab Mandate is crazy. Yeah, man, it's funny when, like, my Biden-loving anti-Trump friends were like, dude, I'm really worried about this Vax mandate. And I'm like, sorry, bro. Like, move. You asked for it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, move. So I got a lot of people who are trying to get out of the Chicago area. They're like, I got to get out of here. It's really bad. I hear it's not as bad. I don't know. I've heard some people say, oh, no. Like, you're saying New York isn't as bad as people think. Some people are saying New York's really bad. 
I've heard from, from from some people like I can't stand being in Illinois, just like it's creepy. And then some people say, "Ah, eh, it's fine," but it's really personal preference, I guess. If people think something's bad or not, one door closes, one door opens. There's a lot of labor shortages out there. You get fired. There's a lot of jobs in Florida. Yeah, There's a lot of jobs in New Hampshire. There's a lot of jobs in West Virginia. Good. You so, can you can get an acre of land for a thousand bucks in West Virginia. There you yep. go. That's right. That take, is, take out a big loan and live on a land, start your own business. Bro, they got 100 acres for 100K. I mean, even New Hampshire has land like this. Yeah. Like 100 acres for like 100 or 200K. $2,000 an acre is cheap. A lot of people are like, that's so expensive. It's like, dude, people don't buy houses in cash. They go to a bank and get a loan and get a mortgage. Okay, you need credit and stuff like that. And that's not, I'm not saying it's super easy, but it's just it's always mind-blowing to me that people are like, I have no choice. I'm forced to live in New York. And I'm like, you could literally walk into the woods. You're like, what you're really saying is... I don't think I would survive on my own. Okay, well, I, I understand that, but you know, there's there's there there is choice. You can be in the system or leave the system, and everything's so much more expensive in New York City compared to, to everywhere else. True. Thraxis Daedalus says, "Tim, nice I wanted name. to give you my two cents and say I agree with you on the baseball debate. Evil people are trying to change our attitudes, and the game itself will no longer be recognizable. Don't sell your freedom over lentil soup." Hmm. Baxter says the left's stance on Israel is remnant from the Cold War when the left in the U.S. sided with fellow leftists around the world, Soviet Union, Cuba, etc. What West did was bad and left did good. See Vietnam, Iran, etc. Israel exists because U, uh, U.S., U.K., and USSR helped opposition. Hmm. Fritter says, I, I, I came in late, so I increased video speed to catch up live. Luke at 1.25 times his gold worth every penny of the super chat. Welcome back, Luke. Howdy, everyone else. I would nice. love to see that. Clip it. And uh, if you can, send it to my Twitter. Twitter, Luke. We are Hyperspeed, Luke. I would love yes. to see that. Arcyon says, 14 minutes into the show, Luke, who came back from buying a pack of cigarettes, is complimenting <laughs> it. I'm sitting here thinking, it, uh, thinking, has Tim Pool finally converted Luke to being okay with the government? No? You crazy? <laughs> what no, what yeah. makes you think that? <laughs> Are you okay with a little bit though, right? Uh, it depends on the context. I mean, I, I can't make up my mind on, on an Borders. issue before hearing out both sides of the story. Borders. So, so, again, complicated issue. If we have a welfare state, I mean, obviously this is going to destroy the state. It, it doesn't make any sense. But obviously we also have personal liberty and government shouldn't control people. So th there's a big debate here to have, depending on what circumstance we're in. So minarchism? I don't. I, I don't even know. Just, just like less government, less bullcrap, less lies, less, less, less big corporate monopolies controlling everything, and, and more personal responsibility, more decentralization, less centralization. So that's it. All right. Ayas Keen says, thanks for your milk toast content. It's a great stepping stone to full on lucertarianism. <laughs> just released two music videos about the government overlords and pregnant aliens girls buy a daw make your own music no dudes ban me make yourself part of the club hmm. i don't understand that last part but okay storm viking says tim's clothes and beanie are so dark and different looks like he would wear that to a funeral tim we don't like change <laughs> but luke is back so we forgive you for the change but keep up the good work you got to get shirts that are like just one shade off and then wear them every day and they won't so know you're changing. Eventually, I'll be right. falling clown suit. <laughs> yeah. Every day, yes. it's like just something's different. Yes. Oh, yeah. New studio is going to be soon. I mean, they may even be building it right now as we, so as we speak. Yeah, they were working oh, no. on it earlier. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, it's were. right it's under a, us. So It is like the best computer you can get. Uh, like having all these cameras. We can have eight cameras in the new studio. Yeah. But we're not going to. We're going to use one. It's called the PTZ camera. A pilt, uh, was it? Pilt, uh, pan tilt zoom. 
Pilt? What? Pan, tilt, zoom. <laughs> and uh, it's one camera that can do multiple yes. shots, and it looks amazing. So we're going to have each individual camera, but then we're going to have a wide shot. The UFO is coming back. Yeah. We have a new UFO. This one is dark. The dark UFO. So Ian will have to spin it to control the dark energy. I'm doing Reiki again. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Rich says, playing devil's advocate. Is the world simply getting exactly what it deserves right now? Are we in an overly decadent society where our biggest worry is what is happening on social media? Are we just overfed am animals with manufactured mental issues? Yes. There's an argument to make there, yes. Yep. We are very lucky and we are very spoiled, especially compared to the rest of the world, if you're living in America. We don't see it. Nope. Don Belmore says, Tim won't read this, which already proves the entire tweet is uh, oh, false. The entire super, super chat, chat is wrong. 99.9% <laughs> .9 of all doctors are only ever taught the vaccine schedule and nothing else. They don't know more than an educated individual. And so the point is, when we had like, you know, uh, I won't name any individual guests, but we've had many conservative guests who have talked about how they went to their Trump supporting doctors who read all of the same articles they did and had a conversation about the vaccine and the studies. And some of them say the doctor said, I think for your age group, you probably should get it. And some of them, you know, told them, oh, for this medical reason, I don't think so. Don't go to a doctor you don't trust. And if you think it's 99.9, .9, then you got to ask a lot of doctors. Alexander John says, this show is part of the experiment. Don't believe me? Try to do a single show where you only talk about positive stories and news. See the algorithm bury you. That's more to the criticism of human nature. Yeah, very anything, much honestly. so. Like people don't don't necessarily need... So urgency is always a big component of a sale. If we said, like, here's good news, you know, uh, pizza prices went down, people are going to be like, well, I don't need to know that right now. I'll look that up later. So there's a sense of urgency in big stories like, hey, something happened. Facebook's actually, no, this is a positive stream. The title of this is all Facebook's act, apps got nuked following a hack. <laughs> That's nothing but good news. Yeah. It's great. It's great news. Everyone's clapping and cheering. What do you mean? And then Greg Gutfeld, we got some good news. I guess not all good news. Anthony Zavaro says, hey, Tim, I am a registered nurse that used to work for Northwell. I saw the writing on the wall and fled to Dallas. Many of my good friends were fired. They have kids in mortgages. Michael Dowling, the CEO, is Cuomo's godfather. Shaking my effing head. Nothing like Andrew Cuomo and Harvey Weinstein being the perfect representation of democratic policies that they're trying to push on everyone right now. So there's a lot of people that really don't like when I say, like, if you oppose the vaccine mandates, but then actually just adhere to them, you're not opposing the vaccine mandates. You're like literally propping them up. So, uh, you know, and I'll say this with, with, you know, all due respect to all the good and important things that Joe Rogan has, has fought for and the social media content he puts out. When he says he opposes them, but then he is literally the instrument by which the city is able to enforce them by performing at Madison Square Garden. I'm kind of like, yo, dude, like the vaccine mandate exists because your performance, not just you individually, but, you know, performing. A lot of people get really mad and they say, I don't have a choice. I have kids or whatever. And my, my, my response to all of these people who are like, Tim doesn't understand. We can't just quit our jobs and give up everything. I'm like, dude, you, if you think you're complying your way out of this crisis, then I got nothing else to say to you. As Luke put it earlier, like yeah, great, you can't comply your way out of tyranny. And seeing you make those arguments was one of the reasons I, I saw the show. I was trolling in the comments uh, sporadically. Classic. But I saw that argument, and I'm like, I, I need to be here. I need to back you up on this because this is important for people to realize. I mean, this is a moment of compliance that will literally lead down a slippery slope that's extremely dangerous right now. And we are literally tipping at this very listen, moment. Listen, listen. <clears throat> it's really simple. They said 
don't worry, the masks are just until the vaccine comes out. Then the vaccine came out and they said, put your mask back on. And then they started saying, don't worry, the negative tests are just if you're not vaccinated. Now some universities have already said, mm, you got to get tested anyway. So when I say you complying with this is going to be doomed for your children, and you're like, I have no choice. My kids need food. I'm like, no, no, no. You need to understand. Your kids will not have food. The shortages are getting worse. Today's show put out a story today saying the grocery shortages are going to get worse. Here's what to expect. And you complying yourself of the way isn't changing that. It's making it happen faster. But by all means, life is difficult. And I would never, I, I, I can't expect people to, to take risks they don't want to take. So you don't have to like me saying it. You can disagree with me saying it. Say I'm wrong. By all means, you're allowed to. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. Has there ever been a civilization that complied its way out of tyranny? No. Like every, every, I don't think no. so. No, nope. You look at the 20th century, we, and you look up democide and you really have a rude awakening to the true reality of government and history. I saw Rogan. He, he performed at Madison Square Garden two days ago on the 2nd of mm-hmm. October. And I saw he posted a video on Instagram and it was like, life is a dream for him. It's like the most surreal, just eruption of exuberance from the crowd going wild. And then I started thinking about those Nazi rallies when like Hitler would speak and the people would go wild with exuberance and like, yeah, it's exciting and it feels good. Doesn't mean that it's the right thing. Well, he also posted this video where it's him talking about, like, the rise of tyranny and all this stuff. It's important that he does that. But I'll tell you this, man. You know, I say this because I described it as, like, having someone grip your heart and squeeze on it. When you're like, look, I get Joe Rogan's just a comedian, but he's influential. He, He speaks to regular working class people. He speaks to Bernie Sanders. He speaks to conservatives. And so when he can come out and be like, I'm a regular guy, a funny guy, many people of all political factions like to hear what I have to say. And I tell you these vaccine mandates are wrong, but I'm going to go be an instrument to them. I'm just like, wow, dude, that was like brutal. It's a big letdown. I saw a lot of comments of a lot of people being like, I really want to see your show, but I can't. Uh, I really want to be a part of this, but I can't. And just incentivizing it. I mean, it needs to be called out. We need to have a conversation about it. And it's, you know, Joe's a good dude. He's very like in the culture war. He's one of the most influential people and he's pushing back on a lot of the wokeness and it's really, really important. But like. Man, if you can't even get Joe Rogan to be like, I will not support that. Like he, he he shouted out Jim Brewer, which I think is is, is a lot because Jim Brewer is saying, I will not perform at vaccine mandate places. So yeah, you know, and the difference is Hitler was was like speaking horrible, dangerous stuff to those people, and Joe wasn't doing that. He's like in he's the Trojan horse in a lot of ways. And there's there's one big benefit that by doing the show, a lot of those people that are adhering to the mandates are going to hear what he has to say. So it's good, but it's tough. You know, it, it's, a, it's a difficult situation. You could argue that, look, man, Joe brings those ideas with him and he's able to go into that arena and say these things. But I'll tell you the biggest problem I had was, according to the media, it is presumed, especially based off of uh, his, his medical treatment, Joe's not vaccinated. And I'm just like, is this another Hunger Games thing of like the ultra rich are allowed to go to New York without getting vaccinated while the, the plebs are forced to do it? I, that's brutal, man. All right, let's read some more. Ask Dummy says, Luke, I agree it's being done by design, but our increasing internet addiction is accelerating collectivism or the projection of, i.e. text, just thought, not speech. How do we make oversharing on social media uncool? I believe text equals thought, not speech. Uh, very good point. 
I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the solutions. I think it begins with you trying to be as healthy and as happy as you can. And a lot of times that means getting away from a big social media and not having it control your life. And I think if you're really in a, in a process to make yourself better, that's going to be one important realization is to put the phone down and to interact with people in real life and to have real relationships with them. And that would naturally happen on its own. But striving to be better, striving to be happy, healthy, confident, uh, and, and the best version of yourself is, is resistance in our modern day and age of tyranny that's uh, shoved down our throats in a brave new world. I've heard Jordan Peterson say, treat yourself like you're someone that, you try, that you're trying to help. Or that right. you're tasked with helping. That's Rook, good advice. Rook says, been a member for a long time. In the hospital with my stepdaughter getting her gallbladder out. Oof. Wish Caitlin well for me, please. Caitlin, we wish you well. Everyone here at the, at, on the show is hoping for your nice work, Caitlin. recovery. You got this. The Karen of COD says, Tim, I like to call people who vote for Democrats bird box voters because they put their blinders on as soon as their guy gets in office. That's a good one. All right. Let's see. New name, please, says I live in Las Vegas and my mom is a teacher. A school today had more teachers out than in. It seems every day she mentions another teacher who retired early. The only... The old classical liberals are leaving. Oh, great. And then the institutions are being taken over by the cult. Yep. Same thing with the cops. A lot, a lot of the cops in New York City are retiring early or going on leave or just changing jobs. Good Because ones. they, yeah, yeah. My yeah. friend, but yeah, my friend Angel, who's a, um, a lesbian and also a cop, and she's uh, moving to Florida. Jeez, dude. Yep. What the heck? Top for 15 years, I think she's been a cop. Yeah. It's not good. Billy Deerhead says, like a mom and dad getting mad at each other, arguing over which child to save. I consider the debate between safety versus freedom rather foolish. The real villains are the thugs who force that horrible choice upon them. Yeah. We should be able to have both. Um, that's You can't. And I'll give, you, I'll give you a simple example. You want to go to a war zone for whatever reason, to report, to help, or whatever. So you have a choice of the armor you want to wear. Maybe you choose 3A, you know. It's not going to stop a rifle, but handguns, smaller calibers, maybe, or definitely. And it's really easy to move around and it's not very heavy. Okay. Well, then you say, well, that's not good enough. I need more security than that because they got AK-47s, right? I need, I need something that can withstand a, you know, a, a, a more powerful caliber. And then, okay, well, we're going to give you ceramic plates. These are much heavier and they can withstand like one round from a rifle and only in like center mass, which is, is good. Now it's heavier and harder to move. Maybe you want, uh, you know, dragon scale, you know, individual ceramic plates layered on top of your other really, really good can withstand. It, it's still bulkier and heavier, not as heavy as just straight up plate. It's an improvement. Okay. Well, you say, look, what about my arms and my legs? Like I'm going to be exposed. They'll just, if there's that many people, okay, well, we can put you in an APC. Every step of the way, as we increase security, you are being restricted in your movement in some way. You're heavier. It's harder to run. That's the reality of security. So, we have a chicken coop. I put a padlock on it. I wanted security because people kept opening it and leaving it open. We have predators. So I got mad and I put a padlock on it. Now, whenever I go there, I have to unlock the padlock, which re- re- restricts my speed and my ability to move. It is a restriction on everybody, including myself, but I know the password. When you increase security, typically you restrict yourself in some way. That's a great. When you say the verb secure means to hold something in place. Mm-hmm. That's the, the definition of that word, which is the antithesis of freedom. Where it's not held in place. All right. I'm going to read this one, but I also want to stress there are many people in the super, who have super chatted saying Ian is right. 
in the in the polling question. I don't Good. want I don't want to read one that was negative, but yeah, yeah. there's one specific one. Rick Howell says, Ian, please take a statistics class. Sample sizes over about 1,500 samples are generally considered pretty good representations of a population if the same is, uh, if the same is truly random. Well, I won't deny that it's considered effective. I'm just denying that it is effective. But that's a whole other conversation. Loken said, this blunt is being smoked in Ian's name. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Welcome home, baby. <laughs> Bozeman Junk Removal and Hauling says, Tim and Luke, would would you suggest and promote your parents' divorce and let your five siblings just get whatever step-parent and new life they get? Uh, yes. Well, uh-huh. if your parents are beating the crap out of you, robbing, stealing you of any real existence, I think sometimes, you know, again, I'm a family per- person. I believe in family. Families are under attack. But if it's destructive and hurting you, you got to make a decision that's well, right for you. But let's, 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 let's get in there a little bit more. So in West Virginia... I can walk into any building without an ID or a passport. I can buy what I want. There's there's no mask mandates. So if I have one parent who's supportive, respectful of my choices and says, I want to see you flourish and lower taxes and no taxes on weapons and ammo and constitutional carry saying, you know, look, son, I believe in your I believe in you. You're smart. I'm going to let you do what you want within reason. We still have laws. I'm still here, your parent. And then you have another parent who is like beating you and screaming in your face and telling you how dumb you are. I'd be like, y'all need to get a divorce, and I'm moving with him. Yeah. Or her, whichever parent was a good parent. Yeah, if someone's hurting you. I mean, most people are in an abusive relationship, and it's the relationship that they have with government. And and maybe there are people on the left who are like, well, what if you've got a ne- neglectful parent who doesn't care that you're, like, playing with matches, and we're here with the responsible parent saying, you need to stop running with scissors, and I'll be like, then you can advocate for the parents to split up and go live with, with whatever parent is the overprotecting one or the protective one that you like, and, you know, I'll go do my thing. There, we're all happy, right? Nope. I gotta say, as bad as it would be internationally, peaceful divorce, I think would make everybody happy. Look, you live in New York, lower taxes. No more, no more federal governments telling you your state can't do what it wants to do. California, you want all the immigrants to come? No more federal government trying to stop you from doing it. You want to, you want to do drugs? No more federal government stopping you from doing it. You live in West Virginia? Hey, no more taxes. No more ATF. My, every time we have this conversation, I just come back to the utopia of peaceful divorce. I just see it that it would never be peaceful. Well, it's what you think it is because, you know, there's ways of approaching it and dealing with it. And and the state also is, is really busy and overrun as well and also incompetent in many areas. So there's a lot of different possibilities. There's a lot of different scenarios. But the one you kind of think of, the one that you think is real, is most likely the one. And that's why I always believe in trying to be as optimistic. I do believe there's a possible situation where people could peacefully move away from each other, respect each other's differences, even with like states like New Hampshire. If they do succeed, uh, they don't get any federal money they don't give any federal money i think you know when things start decaying especially economically uh those moves will be made even without being officially announced but uh they will happen in a way where uh, it will be unofficially that way yeah so it has to happen because of economic disparity i could see it happening exactly because it has to happen so, so there's multiple different realities. There's multiple different possibilities. Striving for the best one is something we should always do and think as positively as we could about what future we could build uh, comparatively to thinking of negative ones. All right. Well, so we'll just read maybe uh, one more here. Genesis Ansbro says, The other day I saw a car with a decent-sized Hunger Games Mockingjay sticker, and right underneath it they had a Biden sticker. Had to share. That's where we're at, my friends. It's Hunger Games. The wealthy elites don't have rules. They can fly on private planes. They can. In New York City's vaccine mandate literally says performers are exempt from the vaccine mandate. 
So Does it really? Yep. I did not know that. Performers are exempt. So you can put on a, a show and you can you don't gotta get vaccinated. Only the people who come to see it. It's like the Met Gala, it's just the elite <laughs> song. Oh yeah, and you can point your camera into the audience and make them all part of the performance and then no one has to get vaccinated. I don't I don't I, I don't think they would just How let far you does do it that. stretch, yeah. They you know, they'd be like you're not performing, but you know, you can certainly try. Yeah, you can make the audience part of it. That being said, my friends, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Always it really does help. And go to Timcast.com because that members only segment will be coming up around eleven or so PM and we're gonna talk about all the spicy good stuff. Plus, we have like a whole bunch of other really awesome, uh, all these other really awesome videos. We got, you know, Alex Jones, Alan West. We got Steve Bannon bonus segments. So definitely you want, you want to be a member there and support our fierce and independent, independent journalism. You can follow me at TimCast basically everywhere, assuming they're still up. And you can follow at TimCast IRL, which is the show. Uh, Ariel, you want to shout anything out? Uh, go follow me on uh, YouTube, Ariel Scarcella. Please. <laughs> I need more sane people on my channel. Yes. I am, of course, the humble T-shirt vendor, and the shirt that I'm wearing right now says I tested positive for refusing to live in fear. And if you want it, you can get it exclusively on thebestpoliticalshirts.com. I also have 10 years of video of raw, unfiltered content of everything that I can't say here, all on lukeuncensored.com. I hope to see you there. I'm happy you guys are back. Stay neutral. I'm Ian Crossland. Thank you guys for tuning in. People laugh at me, but I really like Mondays because I get to hang out with all the people at work and all our cool guests. You guys may follow me on Twitter at Sour Patch Lids. I'm about to cross 100,000 followers, so I would love to see you there. We will see all of you over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys.